This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good afternoon and Merry Christmas. You're listening to me, Paul Hawksby, alongside Andy Jacobs here festive season. Oh, very festive. <laughs> Coming up in the show, we'll bring you some of our favourite clips of the week from 2022, including the best of Adam Brazil, Fisherman's Blues, Laura Woods, and Ali McCoy, Jim White, and Simon Jordan, and many, many more. We'll also bring you some of our favourite interviews from the past 12 months. We'll be uh, hearing from the likes of Roger Daughtry, David Mitchell, Jim Broadbent, Chris Gale, and many more. So, without further ado, Andy... Uh, we should say hello to everybody out there, as Rodney Marsh used to say, in <laughs> Radioland. Radio Land. And we do hope you're having a fantastic uh, Christmas. Yeah. We're going to do our best to keep you entertained for the next three hours by just giving you some clips of the year. So, should we crack on? Yes, why not? I think we should. Let's get on with it and bring you the first set of clips. And we start with the best of the kings of mid-morning. It is Jim White and Simon Jordan and their finest work from last year. So Andy, what's first? Well, we begin with Jim, and we were a bit surprised to, for him to get a call from the Grim Reaper earlier this year. Lewis, feeling off, uh, short and, and succinct. Def is an Arsenal fan. Def, good morning. Is that Des? <laughs> Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper, Des. Des, that's, yeah. that's what we call him. <laughs> Hello, Def. <laughs> he doesn't often call talk sport, does he, really? Uh, this is Jim's uh, co-host, Simon Jordan, looking ahead to Chelsea's FA Cup trip to Middlesbrough. It's not ideal to travel by coach, so here's a solution. We can travel by coach if 4,000 fans want to go to... the to um, What's the Riverside called? I think it's the Riverside, isn't <laughs> I it? I think it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. It is the Riverside. That's, that's why they call it the Riverside. And here's... Oh, is it me? It is you, yeah. Here's Simon again, speaking highly of his performance on TV. Now, not that I'm trying to trip you up, but how was your television appearance last night? Very good. Oh, well, if I do say so myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, back to Jim, setting up a big talk sport competition. Today's phrase to listen out for is powered by coffee. Powered by coffee. I drink a lot of coffee, but I don't like it, but it's cool to do it. <laughs> Why would you drink it if you don't like it? Taking us into his world there, uh, Jim. 
Weird. Strange. Uh, next. It's Simon with a not-so-great recovery. When the ESL was involved, shout to the rooftops, right? Storm Manchester United Stadium, stand outside football grounds, sh- shouting as loud as you possibly want. <laughs> Good yeah. recovery. Shouting yeah. would be better, I'd say. Yes, I think, yeah, don't be doing that outside <laughs> football grounds. You're definitely uh, going to get arrested. Uh, this is Bob Bubka, who was Jim and Simon's guest during the Masters, and Simon weighed in on Tiger Woods. I think that it's incredible that he's come back from an element of self-inflicted harm that he's made of his own life. On the golf course, he's an outstanding golf player, but I think that time has been and gone now. I think he's a sideshow. Bob. <laughs> it's a sideshow, Bob. Sideshow, Bob. Beautiful. Bob. Well it's uh, me now, and it's Jim over-franking the pudding. The very tolerant Frank Warren, who's sat through what seemed to be the world's longest commercial break. Frank, you th- uh, thank you so much, Frank. Thank you. Frank, thank Frank, you for Frank. Frank. Yeah. Frank. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, this is Simon with an old saying, we think. There are no assurances that they don't find themselves in the same predicament anytime soon again. Well, it's the for me once, sort of shame on me, for me, to, for me once, shame on you, for me twice, shame on, on me. As they used to say back in the day. What one is it? I still don't know. Still haven't worked it out. Yeah, sometimes the words just don't come out for Simon and he has to revert to Morse code. The flip side of that is is that, you know, did, 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 was, he a, was he a force that was bad for the Premier League? What does that mean? Did, 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 did you write that down? I, I think it's, uh, it's an SOS. Uh, back to Jim, this time introducing a regular guest. So that means I'm delighted to say three becomes four. Top Sports Fight Pundit Spencer Oliver joins us in the studio this morning. Well, not in studio, but joins us from wherever Spencer joins us. Oh, fair okay, enough. Yeah. Be a bit more specific, ideally, Jim. That would that would uh, that would Producer help. Producer could have told him. Yes. Uh, this is Graham Soonis with Jim talking doping in football. Never witnessed, and I've been abroad as well, of any attempt at doping or performance-enhancing drugs being taken by players. Mm. Never. 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 See, that's not how it actually went out. We mm. did have to uh, cut it down quite a lot. This was the original. Never witnessed, and I've been abroad as well, of any attempt at doping or performance-enhancing drugs being taken by players. Mm. Never. 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 Never, 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 can you imagine I what no. I had, Jim, when I lost that football club and the fans held me responsible? Can you imagine what I got? I got piles. Well, it affects <laughs> stress affects people in different ways, doesn't it? Of course. <laughs> it's never a nice thing to have, but you can get some cream for it. Uh, and staying with Simon, here he is talking cricket. But the bottom line is, is that you'd sit there and you'd watch test matches and most of them were concluded in five days. Now most test matches is, you know, are concluded in three, three and a half, four tops. Yeah. Four tops. Yeah, the four tops. He's also a very slow texter. Three or four days, like your old man. Like she'd struggle with it. Returning to Jim, this is him discussing VAR. The man who designed it, Mr. Raman van Minen, 
basically, he's a current head of operations at Feyenoord. He has pioneered. What? Oh, pioneered. Pioneered. <laughs> He's pioneered at Feyenoord, or is he pioneered at Feyenoord? It's brilliant. And also Raymond Van Minging. It's a bit unfortunate, isn't it? Well, really, can't be, quite appropriate can't really be, for VAR. Can't be easy for him. Uh, yeah, I think it is me this time. Here's Simon discussing Jurgen Klopp's reaction to criticism from an ex-Liverpool player. Your team doesn't look like they're at it. It looks like it's lost something. Mm. And by the way, I'm going to go to a credible source who knows what they're talking mm. about, which is Didi Harmin. Diddy Armin. <laughs> Most unfortunate. Is that Diddy Haman or Idi Armin? It's probably more likely to be Diddy Haman, I would imagine. I would have said so. Despot leader of Uganda. <laughs> there was a worrying moment on White and Jordan this year when Simon suddenly started to deflate. Simon, I tell you what, various stories, ga- stories gathering pace yes. as we approach uh, leaving this country for Qatar. <laughs> Quick, blow his valve up. Get one of those foot pumps. <laughs> Uh, shall we just check in with Graham Soonis and Jim again, see how they're getting on? Never, 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 a lot coming your way between now and one o'clock. It's Jim White and it's Simon Jordan. Just the two of us. Well, we thought, yes, you know, that did deserve the full treatment. And what we ended up with was a slightly creepy version of a Bill Withers classic. And I want to spend some time with you. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. <laughs> He says it with feeling, doesn't he? he does. Just the two of us. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. So there we are, you get the idea with that. That was uh, all from Jim and Simon on our Clips of the Year Christmas special. Uh, we can listen now, folks, because we're going to dot some of our favourite interviews of the year uh, throughout the show. And so, uh, yeah, we had a, a, some great chats this year, as always. And it was an absolute pleasure to be joined by rock royalty uh, earlier in the year. Legendary frontman of The Who, Roger Daltrey. Out here in the fields I for my meals I get my back into my living Roger, good afternoon. Well, good morning. Yes, uh, it's, morning, you're, in, you're in Memphis, aren't you? I understand. This is the earliest I've been up for about, about the last four weeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we... Because, uh, you know, tour mode, you don't go to sleep till five in the morning. Yeah. And uh, the Arsenal's worth getting up for. You were a West London boy, Roger. Read in your book, you were, you used to go to QPR now and again, but it was your lad that got you into Arsenal. You, one of your kids got you into Arsenal, yeah. and that's how you got the bug. I, yeah, the reverse reverse way it usually is, but yeah, uh, yeah, the unusual way of getting in. But I didn't watch a football game for, for almost twenty years because uh-huh. I, I saw some violence at, at, at the Rangers mm-hmm. uh, way back. In the, I think it was late sixties, uh, early seventies when all that stuff is started up with the skinheads, mm. and it, it was horrible. And I thought, I don't want to know this game. If, if the game doesn't sort this out, I'm I'm giving it up. I never watched a game for 20 years. Wow, wee. And then my son, my son, 
came home from school one day with a red, red and white scarf. And I was so glad he didn't give me the M word. Mm. I was, the, the MU word. I was, yes. I was <laughs> dreading to be a blooming Manchester United supporter. I was, oh, no. But fortunately, it was Arsenal. And, of course, with an eight-year-old boy, it doesn't take you long before. You, you, it's, Dad, when are you going to take me to football? Dad, when are you going to take me to football? Hmm. And before long, go. And, of course, I went to, to Highbury. My, my friend lent me some tickets. And I just fell in love with it again. Yeah. And Highbury, as I say, I had a very special vibe at Highbury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've heard, I've heard now that the, the Emirates is getting the same vibe. Hmm. So I've still got season tickets. I should be going back next year, I think. Definitely. Yeah, OK, good stuff. You'd have played a great number of stadiums of and great stadiums in your in your career uh roger and and with, with, with the who one of the greatest rock bands of all time what was the moment that you as a were, were playing as a as a young man when you thought this is different this is something this is special can you still remember that moment i suppose woodstock was well, yeah. woodstock was a special event it, it was a thing it was a thing that captured the whole... I mean, if you were in America at the time, mm. I mean, it took over the news. I mean, here today we've, we've got the news of, you know, stupid party gate. Mm. I mean, all the things going on in the world, and then they're talking about beer fines. Mm. <laughs> How is <country> nuts? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know this, this is like... Uh, but over here, the, where, uh, in 1969, when Woodstock happened, Woodstock, yeah. Woodstock dominated their whole... Their whole news service. It was on the TV for, for hours. It was it was on the radio. You couldn't get away from it. So that was a kind of a massive, massive yeah. event. And yeah. I think when you look back in history, that was the, the kind of beginning of the, the government waking up to they weren't going to be able to sustain the draft in America that was yeah. sending you know, young young kids off to bloody war in Vietnam mm. that they knew nothing about really. What were they doing in Vietnam? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that, that was quite memorable. Yeah, but yeah, the stadium, imagine. the one you always remember, there's two that you always remember with stadiums. And one was Shea Stadium in New York, yeah. and the other, the other one, obviously, was the old Wembley. Yeah. I've played both. I've played both of them, and for concerts, the old one was better. Yeah, I saw you at the old Wembley years and oh, years oh, ago. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah. Like, Stranglers yeah. were on the uh, were on the undercard. I remember bit, it was, bit yeah. of concrete, yeah. like, bit of concrete, like better acoustics. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> now you've gone yeah. into the beer business, Roger, haven't you? Are you you're, your place down in East Sussex. You've got a microbrewery. Yeah, I set it up. You know, I was just thinking we were all bored. You know, bored, brainless during the, the lockdowns, and I thought, well, I've got to do something. I've got two son-in-laws that were laid off, and my son. And I thought, let's start a microbrewery. Let's see what we're helping do. And I looked it all up, and they've got a friend who was a brewer mm. uh, who used to run Fuller's for 20 years, so knew what he was doing. And, and I, I gave him a bit of dosh to, to buy a bit of gear. Mm. And now it's up and running, and it's called Lake Down Brewery. And uh, We've got a tap room down on my fishery, which is... You know, it, the whole thing is just really great Fantastic. for for a, a farming community, which which is what I live in. Yeah. Um, it's it, the most important thing for me is that the beer is good. 
I'm determined to win awards with our beer. And Touchwood so far is doing extremely well. Fantastic. People can order Lake Down beers as well. I noticed that online, so if they want to find out more about it, they can. Well, look, I'd like to say good luck, but I'm a Tottenham fan, so I'll say may, <laughs> I'll say may the best team win. <laughs> well, the, the best team on the night is going to win. Yeah. Whether it's going to be the best team next year, there's only one way for Arsenal, and that's up. Mm. And I think there's only one way for Spurs, because you're all getting old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Roger, lovely to talk to you. Thanks, Thanks for joining Roger. us. Enjoy the rest of the tour. I hope it goes well. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right, guys. Be lucky. There we are, Roger Daughter. I remember the day we spoke to mm. Roger. It was on the uh, same day as the North London Derby, the all important North London Derby. And of course, Tottenham came out on top. So I don't think Roger would have spoken to us the following day. Certainly not. <laughs> So there we are. More top interviews to come. Uh, more of our favourite clips of 2022. You're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport in partnership with EE. Full fibre broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability check coverage at ee.co.uk. Lovely. Darren Bent on piano. Um, he's joined us today and uh, to playing a few festive ditties, which is very good of him. Such a busy uh, time of year. But uh, welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year on Talk Sport. Let's turn our attention now to our genial sports breakfast host and have a trawl through some of our favourite clips from the one and only Big Alan, Alan Brazil, in 2022. Would you care to kick us off, Ed? I would, and we begin with Alan alongside Ray Parler on breakfast, and Ray launched into an anecdote. Bon Atkinson's first game. Nottingham Forest manager as he walked along he walked past a home dugout and he got in a way dugout and he looked along and he went they're not my subs and you had to step down into it as well and it was really hard to get back out of it and all the, all the uh, photographers were waiting at the home one ready to set a picture of Ron in the, the home dugout and he was in the away one classic well, Forrest, uh, we were talking the other day about it. Yeah, Alan, not sure really, was he? <laughs> he really Don't put it in the after-dinner set, Ray. Wasn't I, think, a great anecdote, I think his reaction, his reaction was there. Uh, this is Alan with regular co-host Ali McCoist talking madness. From a from oh, mention. Ali, what is your favourite uh, madness track? Uh, House of Fun. Uh, that one? No. No. No, that would be our house, I would imagine. Uh, they did they do a lot of songs about houses, That's to be very, fair. They were, they were estate true. agents in an earlier life. <laughs> and Alan continued to talk music. Here he is on the Brits. The Brit Awards with MasterCard is Thursday, February the 8th at the O2 Arena. Uh, some of the live performances, uh, Dave, uh, Holly Humberston, who's that? Uh, Liam Gallagher, of course, and Little Sims. I like Little Sims, yeah. Is that a bloke or a bloke? Uh, who is it, Little Sims? Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciation of MasterCard sounds like massacred. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by massacred. <laughs> Little Sims, he probably thinks it's Steve Sims, the old um, Leicester centre-half that he maybe used to come up against when he was a boy. Um, and actually, the music chat didn't even stop there. Here's Alan with Sam Ellard and Ray Parler. Elton John with Dua Lipa is called Cold Heart. Oh, is it? And it uh, is, good um, it's a very, very good song, that, isn't it? And um, Who's it with? Uh, Dua Lipa and, uh, Dua Lipa. And, and Elton John. She's very good, Dua Lipa, isn't Dua Lipa. she? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. That's like never. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah, they have their own game of tennis. 
Uh, what's next, Andy? And that's not how it originally went out. We had to cut it down. This is the original. Of course it is. Elton John with Dua Lipa is called Cold Heart. Oh, is it? And it uh, is... Good um, it's a very, very good song, that, isn't it? And um, Who's it with? Uh, Dua Lipa and, uh, and, and Elton John. She's very good, Dua Lipa, isn't Dua she? Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. 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 Fantastic. That's how it originally went out. Of course it is. This is Alan looking ahead to a big fight on Talk Sport. Talksport's team will be made up by Fight Night presenter Adam Catrell, Gareth A. Davis, commentator Andy Clark, and sports broadcaster uh, Ad Adi Ad Oladipi. Oladipo, sorry. Adi Oladipi. <laughs> Third time not lucky there. Adi Adi, Adi, Bill Adi, and Adi Oladipi. Yeah. And sticking with the boxing, here's Big Al getting down with the kids. We'll also talk to Spencer Oliver. Uh, of course, Saturday night, the YouTuber and rapper KSI. Is it KSI or KS1? I don't know. I think the KS1 was a lovely vehicle, that, wasn't it? We all remember those. Yeah, yeah. KS1. What's next, Andy? Is it me? I think it's me, isn't it? To Cheltenham now. And Alan about to say something that, in his eyes, clearly wasn't that controversial. Steve, I'm probably going to get pelts for this. And don't panic, Ben, the producer. But they've only. If your horse doesn't finish for any reason at all. Yeah, clearly, Ben, the producer, had other ideas. He did panic. Didn't I've got to say this now, Ben. Don't worry. It's all okay. And then crash. <laughs> Cut him off in his prime. This is Big Al discussing a new regime at Manchester United. Eric Ten Hag has imposed the booze ban. He's in Pooja Booge Band. Pooja Booge Band. I think Alan needs to in Pooja Booge Band, isn't he, on himself, really? Here's Alan talking uh, darts, and he does struggle with those Dutch names. The fun continues this evening with the remaining two quarterfinals on Talk Sport 2 tonight at 8pm. Uh, Dirk Dan, crikey, what's his name? <laughs> Dugin Board versus Danny Noper. Duke Dan Dugenbord. <laughs> and actually, whilst we're on the subject of alcohol, here's Al being quizzed by Gabby Agbon Lahore. Ibrahim Rivets place for this country. Uh, Sweden. Yep. It's a Scottish drink. Whiskey. No, uh, not an alcoholic drink. Uh, pass. <laughs> he's, never, yeah, he's never heard of any non-alcoholic <laughs> drinks. He couldn't possibly even think of one. <laughs> Uh, back to Alan and Ali McCoyce now, chatting about Dutch sports stars of the past. To their guest, the former Liverpool striker Dirk Kout. Too young for Dirk West. 1977 Wimbledon, Virginia Wade beat Betty Stove two sets to love a thing. Uh, were Virginia. you born then, Dick? I'm not sure you were. <laughs> I think it's Dirk. I think the Kout family were very careful not to have a dick in the, uh, in the family because you can only imagine the problems that would have caused. <laughs> this is Big Al talking transfers. So strikers <laughs> link with Arsenal back on the football quick. Alexander Isaac. Isaac? Isaac? Real yep. Sociedad. Swedish. I don't know much about him. Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. That's the boy. Yeah, uh, don't know much about him. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Brazil overcliving the pudding. I'd like to say that John is now his former Spurs striker, Clive Allen. Clive, good morning, Clive. How are we, Clive? Morning, Clive. I'm good, thank you, Alan. Good, Clive, good to speak to you. Thank you, and you, Clive. 
Can you, Clive? Clive, Clive, how are we, Clive? How are we, Clive? Nice to talk to you, Clive. It's great, uh, Clive. Thanks for coming on, Clive. Yes. Alan auditioning to become a newsreader. At a sun warning signing, uh, the mess facing Eric Tanghad uh, has well been laid bare by the lack of early bids and fans. Whoever wrote that line in the paper should definitely get the sack. If Alan got that right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, maybe newsreader's uh, not on the card, Alan. It's it's not really his job. But what about golf correspondent? Here he is alongside Ray Parler. Tiger Woods struggled, Al. I don't did know if you he? didn't see it, did you? No, he struggled yesterday. No. Big time. I, I Fall over. He's, he's... If I'm being dead honest, I didn't even know it was on. <laughs> It wasn't the Masters or anything. It wasn't one of the biggies, to be no, fair to Fair Alan. enough, really. Yeah. Uh, one more from Alan and uh, Ali, and discussing a disallowed goal from Kylian Mbappe. He's offside as well. Just marginally offside. Then oh. he scores a great goal, but he's a good yard and a hard off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it could have been worse. Good job he wasn't uh, onside. Very of much so. Yeah. Uh, that could have got far worse. This is Alan, uh, really getting in the mood for Halloween this year. Mickey, I've got to be quick. Tonight's games: Fulham Villa, Leicester Leeds. Ooh, very important games. Ooh, <laughs> needs a bit of echo on that, ideally, doesn't it? And finally, Big Al had a huge guest on his breakfast show just before the World Cup, so obviously they gave him the big build-up. I was in squads with him with England, training with him, and he was outstanding. All-time England goalscorer, all-time Manchester United top goalscorer. For me, the best ever England player. Having him just there, having his presence around the squad, it's a, it's a massive influence, not only for the young players, for for all the players, and it makes you kind of want to want to do the same and want to repeat what they've done. Wayne Rooney becomes, if there was ever any doubt before, a Manchester United legend with his 250th goal. It's an all-time club record, and what do you know, it was a brilliant goal. To play as long as he did at the level he did, I mean, people forget that he came on the scene at 17 consistently all the way till he left to go to, to America. For me, yeah, he's the best player ever played for England. Rooney for goal number 50 for England. And history, it's Rooney against Sommer. Rooney scores! He's done it! Yeah, he's Manchester United, England's all-time leading goal scorer. I'm pleased to say that England and Manchester United ledge. Wayne Rooney joins us now. Wayne, a very good morning. Wayne, good morning. We'll get him back in a minute. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't have to play that <laughs> build-up again. play the whole thing again. <laughs> got to play the whole minute again. He's otherwise he's going to get on the end of the phone thinking it wasn't much of a build-up, was it? <laughs> so there we are. They were the best clips from Big Alan over the past 12 months. Still to come, we'll have plenty more clips, including our favourites from Fisherman's Blues and the best of you, uh, the talk sport listeners and callers. But first, here's another of our favourite interviews from 2022. And myself and Charlie Baker were joined by one of the finest British actors of his generation, an Oscar winner, no less, the great Jim Broadbent. Well, over the weekend, I watched a new film, The Duke. Yeah, uh, Jim Broadbent and uh, Helen Mirren starring. A true story of a Geordie called Kempton Bunton, mm. uh, who was accused of uh, stealing a portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Goyer. Really, really good. And um, it's, it's an amazing story. It's a true story. 
Um, and we're very pleased to say Jim Broadbent joins us now. Good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. You're welcome. It's, uh, I say, it's, it is a, a lovely yarn, uh, whether true or not, but that just adds to it, really, that all of this actually happened. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, it is an extraordinary story. And if you presented it as a as a piece of fiction, people would say, "No, no, no, it's too. That's unbelievable. No, we can't put any money into that." But it's true, so they did, you know, and luckily, because then they made a lovely film. Lovely part. I would. I, I'm watching your performance in it. I, I, I sent you. In, it was a character you enjoyed playing. Oh gosh, yeah. I read it. I mean, I got the script and started reading it, and by about page four, I thought, "This is." It's wonderful. I just yeah. want to make sure that I, I play it. And uh, I didn't want anyone else getting their hands on it. It was so delicious. I thought I wanted it all. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you, you obviously read a lot of stuff. So, I mean, what, what does it take for something to grab you? Is that sort of indefinable, really? I mean, are there things you read and you think you know from probably a couple of pages in it's not for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's always down to the script whether you want to do it or not. And But this this was... So excellent, and as you get to a certain age, you know the the older man is very uh, often not front and center. But mm. in this this one, he is. He's front and center, and it's about it's his story, and which is irresistible in its own way. But the uh, it is does make a difference when it's a, a cracking part, beautifully written. Mm. That's, that's yeah. what got me into it. It does seem to be about an ordinary man doing something extraordinary. Is, is yeah. that, is, does that is that the sort of thing that? appeals to you in a part do you, do you find the release in that as an actor yeah I, I, I like all that sort of hitting you know the anti-establishment I think actors like to be uh, anti-establishment to a degree and uh, Kempton Bunton is mm. anti-establishment in spades he's, he's the uh, you know he's a wonderful <laughs> character he's a lovable rogue rough diamond um, Robin Hood all those, those sort of uh, Images come to mind, and he's he's got all that. Yes, he was he was a kind of champion of the poor, and uh, yeah, Robin Hood. He, he had a real, yeah, he had a real thing about the TV license, and so oh. it was a very unfair <laughs> tax. And without going yeah, into too but, much detail, doctored his TV to try and get round it, but it didn't work. Sadly, did it? <laughs> yes, he took the valve out. <laughs> yeah. he, I can't get the BBC. I only watch ITV. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, uh, um, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, the the painting was stolen from the National Gallery, the, mm. and uh, for they had bought it for one hundred and forty thousand pounds, and then it was promptly stolen. The first time a painting had been, mm. and only time a painting has been stolen from the National Gallery. Whoa. And Kempton held it for ransom and said, "I'll give it back if you give free TV licenses to war widows <laughs> and old age pensioners." Yeah. Um, and then and eventually he was going to get caught out, so he mm. he gave it back and he went on trial. So it ends up being a courtroom drama, but it's a a wonderful heist movie, a family mm. drama, everything before that. The um, and, uh, uh, members, Jim, members, Kempton Bunton's family still around? Did you get to talk to anybody about him? Yeah, yeah. The um, it was actually the story was actually presented by um, Kempton's grandson, mm. I think, uh, who um, presented it to the producer, Nicky Bentham, and s- said, uh, "I've got this family story which has been largely forgotten," but and she read it and. And, uh, leapt at it and got the wonderful writers Richard Bean and Clive Coleman to uh, come up with this d- wonderful script. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, is there? It came from the uh, from the family putting it. Uh, 
out there for uh, us to make. You have a vast array of other brilliant British films that you've been in, Jim. Especially, uh, I'm personally enjoyed the, the Damn United. Um, All right. Uh, do, do you have a? Do you have a? This is talk sport. Do you have a, a a sporting team or a sport that you play or a team that you watch? I do, um, I'm I'm a, a the first team I ever look look out for on uh, used to be the Saturday afternoon, but still Saturday afternoon. In League One, yeah, Lincoln City. Oh, right, right okay. <laughs> we've we've had um, some Imps. downs. We've had some ups recently, which yeah. has been exciting. And um, that uh, a little bit iffy at the moment. I don't know. We keep leaking goals in the last five minutes. And, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> do you get to games Very at all? Because I know you got. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I live in London, so yeah. Uh, but. but um, and there was a moment last uh, last season when QPR might have uh, been going down and Lincoln might have been going up, and we my uh, my stepson's their QPR fans. So uh, the idea of Lincoln actually getting into playing with uh, against yeah. QPR uh, would have been. Um, would have been exciting. Jim, we've had a few <laughs> questions it. coming from the listeners and knowing you were coming on. And uh, the one keeps coming up, and it is only Falls and Horses related. You were <laughs> DCI Roy Slater. You popped in and out, yeah. didn't you, as we remember the extended yeah. cast. And uh, But you, the, the, the story goes that you originally turned down the part of Del Boy that David Jason yeah. took on. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I was I was unavailable. Yeah, I was I was second choice actually, but uh, was, then then I was unavailable. I was doing a, a West End theatre show, so I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I couldn't um, face doing two jobs at once. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I turned it down. Luckily, thank God. <laughs> do you often? Miss- I mean, look, the, the career's gone pretty well. I think it's fair I to say. But do you, ever, been right. do you ever have moments? Think would you have stayed in it? That long, you think? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have thought I, I'd have have the staying power that they've got, but, uh, and it wouldn't have been as successful. Let's let's be mm, honest, well. you know, because uh, you know, David Jason is absolutely <laughs> irreplaceable and wonderful, and you know, as I've said, my uh, great it's my greatest contribution to <laughs> the uh, nation's culture is not being available and letting David Jason do the part. Working with, uh, Although, otherwise we'd have missed out. Yes, yeah, boy, yeah. Know, <laughs> that's very good of you. <laughs> well, in the Duke, of course, you're with uh, Damon, Dame Helen Mirren. Um, have you worked with her before? I, I can't remember. Uh, no, we'd, we've been in a, a film together, but we never we didn't have any scenes together. So I'd, I'd met her, but I didn't know her, really. So, so that was... Uh, one of the many joys of making this film was yeah. to uh, be acting with Helen, who is just uh, superb. In the- well, it's lovely to talk to you, Jim. We wish you well with the film. It is a lovely film. We hope uh, lots of people go and see it. So thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. There we are, the great Jim Broadbent there, fantastic uh, actor. So lots more to come, uh, including clips for uh, the best of the talk sport listeners. We'll bring you those shortly. Listen, Hawksby and Jacobs at Christmas with the best of 2022. Yes, welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year on Talk Sport. And it's time now for 
the talk sport listeners to take centre stage. Where would we be, Andy, where would we be without them? Well, in our show, everywhere, as okay. we never have any corners on. But well, no. <laughs> as a station, we'd be bereft. Yes, we would. But, I mean, we need listeners, don't we? Otherwise, we would be in trouble. Well, that's true. Yeah. I think I said listeners, not callers. I love the fact you feel like you don't need any listeners. <laughs> You've got negatives of <laughs> the boss or something. You think you're untouchable. <laughs> well, anyway, we... We're big fans, and uh, many of you call in, which we absolutely love. And uh, we kick off with a West Ham caller to Jason Cundy on the sports bar. Got loads of West Ham fans here. Let's go and speak to West Ham fan. Says here, doesn't want to be named. Is that Have I read that correctly? It says here, West Ham fan, doesn't want to be named. Who are we talking to? I'm John. Wouldn't make a great spy, would he, John? It really worked, did it? Really had to wiggle that out of him, didn't we? What's next, Andy? And while we're on the subject of names, here's another caller to drive. At the start of the season, I mean, he was probably the first few games, he was probably worth every penny, but for whatever reason, do you think Chelsea play better now without him in the squad? Um, so what, what's your name, mate? Nice, isn't it? And he played for England, for goodness sake. What's your name, mate? Bit of respect, fella. <laughs> this is Fake Others taking a call post-match. Let's speak to Billy, the Manchester United fan, shall we? Billy, how are you doing? Uh, what about that performance? It's embarrassing, really. I don't really know what to say about it. Well, that bodes well for the next few minutes. <laughs> what a great call. Yeah, yeah. I've got nothing to say on it. Yeah. Here's Martin Kellner on Extra Time. Justin in Huddersfield, give me a number between 47 and 92. I'm going to go 39. Okay. Well done. <laughs> between 47 and 90, 39. Still, look, these things happen. I'm sure they sort it out the following week. Anyway, the book is Memphis. Uh, give me a number from four, uh, 47 to 92. Uh, number 11, please, Martin. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe hasn't gone quite as well the following week as they'd hoped. And this is a caller to White and Jordan. David's a Liverpool fan. David, good morning. Morning, David. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, thank you. mate. So what's your take on the pitch invasion yesterday the Etihad and ones we've seen in previous days? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good, but, you know, times are pressing. Good morning. Uh, this is a caller talking football on drive with Darren Bent and disagreeing with Darren, but slightly losing his way. If he knows that footballers are soft in this day and age, don't make the, ta the tackle. Leave him. So OK, so in, in the uh, Australian Open next week, Emma Raducanu, she goes for the ball and something happens and she gets, what, sent off for what? Probably not a lot at all, really, because tennis is a very different game to football. She's gone in two-footed. On the umpire. On the umpire. Is she going to get a straight red for that? Well, it's not going to happen. No. Here's Adam Catrell on the Sports Bar Northern Quarter getting very excited about one of their regular callers. All week, uh, we've been on the lookout for our favourite caller, and we are delighted to welcome back Jacob. Jacob, welcome, my man. How are you? Good. <laughs> that's one of their favourite callers tremendous <laughs> he doesn't sound quite as excited to be there as Adam is to have him there really no, not really this is Jason Cundy with a caller to the sports bar let's go we need to uh, just go speak to a Chelsea fan Yellow has, uh, has phoned up in New York Yellow good evening hello can you hear me yeah, hello good, Yellow. Yellow how are you feeling about, about the season Yellow how am I feeling so the name is Jalal <laughs> It was all Jalal. <laughs> as, I love the fact that he said it about six times as, as well. As Coldplay once said. Hello, yeah. Yellow. Who's called Yellow? 
Uh, anyway, what's next? <laughs> a caller here with an interesting suggestion for Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool could have gone and bought... They should have tried to get that Louise Douglas... She's a lovely girl, Tremendous. Louise Douglas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, better girl. with a women's team. Definitely right. would have been good, Louise Douglas. Uh, here's another caller to the sports bar now. Things very VAR has come in. Not once have I seen the referee stick with his original decision. It always goes with VAR. Michael Oliver did it this weekend. Oh, right, okay. I didn't see that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> okay, yeah. Never no. ever. Well, if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. <laughs> no, that's true. This is a caller to drive. Do you know what you used to call Rooney? Yeah. You used to call him Man Boy. Do you know why? Because he was a man boy. <laughs> the logic of that, you can't argue with it, can you, really? He was a man boy. <laughs> it's quite early to be drinking, the, isn't it? He was on the toilet, that fella. <laughs> uh, this is the caller to uh, the sports bar. I'm taking my son and my daughter. I mean, he's one of the best players in my world, so... Yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no excuses there, is there? Okay. Mm, no, All absolutely. Right. I mean, look, Del Boy, can, can you win it? <laughs> <laughs> that was Kurt Zuma's favourite clip this year. He especially asked for that one. He did. Merry Christmas, Kurt. He loved that one. This is a West Ham caller to the sports bar. There was problems in the dressing room with that. I think, I can't remember, was it Glenn Rowe? Oh, it was, we had twice, we had it with... Um, Brooklyn events. Aaron Grant. Yeah, I've just, I've just built a load of mixed herbs in my kitchen. Oh, <laughs> that's my work. Can you put those on Winkles and Jelly Deals? <laughs> Not very cockney, is it? Oh, it's just built all over me polenta. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's next, Andy? And the sports bar callers really do like their food. Massive result for them. Let's go to Les, who's an Everton fan. Les, good evening. All right, Les. Hiya, boys. Uh, sorry, I've just got a mouthful of tea cake. Beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that, Les. <laughs> uh, staying with the callers on the sports bar, we love how they call the shots. His performances during that period where his shot percentage was... Yes. Well, it's the bo- it was. You're right, you're right, you're right. And, and the other thing that really wasn't... You've been placed on hold. Oh. Please wait. <laughs> Thanks. Callers are in charge. <laughs> when, they're, when they're ready, they'll come back to you, Jason. Here's an utterly infuriating caller to drive. Johnny's up next, Sunderland fan. Hello, Johnny. John? John? Sunderland fan? John? Hi, mate. Yeah, yeah, great show as always, guys. Thank you, Johnny. Go on, off you Hello. go. John, can you hear us? I, am I am I on? Can you hear us, John? Yeah, basically, guys, it was just a, like... Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Sorry about this, guys. I'm in the car. OK, well, cars have phones at work, right? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> hello? <laughs> hello? We need another hello, really, yeah. don't we? Uh, let's pop back to the sports bar again. I've gone and got him for you. I've spent the money... You need to get the best out of him. And at yeah. the moment, he's not. Let's go to Bernard, who's a Chelsea fan. Bernard. Hello. Hi, Bernard. How we doing? Yeah, good, good Bernard. Go on. Yeah, well, what I rang up about was, um, I'm, for the last two weeks, I've been looking at buying a puppy. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> yeah. What's that got to do with anything? This is the sports bar, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, anyway, what's next? It's a caller to drive. What are you doing? You sound, hey. like you're, you sound like you're at work. What are you doing? No, I'm in the kitchen, mate. Uh, I guess I'm working. All right. What are you I making? I'm working. What are you making? I'm, I'm just staring at the sink. Well, it passes the time, <laughs> doesn't it, really? Just staring at the sink. There's worse things you could be doing. And this is Paul Ross taking a call on extra time. Great phone calls on the TalkSpot network over the weekend, and that continues now with somebody who's calling us, I believe, Australia, but he's a Blackburn fan. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing, Macy? Thanks for the call. 
I'm from Australia, I'm from Blackburn. Blackburn, okay, and what have you, I know I said, you're, are you calling from Australia though? No. Fair enough. <laughs> Australia never gave me to it. They're easy to get them mixed up, aren't they? Blackburn and Australia. Yeah. This is a caller to Andy Goulton on Drive, who'd witnessed an iconic sporting event. Andrew, did you Google that before you came on or you remembered it all? Um, no, I was there. Oh, You're, wow. Well, actually there at the World Cup in 82? Yes, I was actually at the final. How'd that happen? I booked tickets. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the way the normal it tends way, to yeah. it's, quite a, it's quite a simple thing. And finally, with the release of the new Elvis film earlier this year, over on Breakfast, they really got into the spirit of things. If you can think you can do better... A better Elvis Presley impression than Ali. We want to hear from you. Because Carlton, the Manchester United fan, he wants a wee go. Carlton, don't be nervous. Have a go, Carlton. See you Come go, on. Hello. Not a great Elvis, that, is really it? sound like it. No, I don't remember Elvis saying, hello. <laughs> it wasn't really. We always think of Elvis, don't we? The first word you think of is, hello. So there we are. That was the best of the callers. God bless you all. <laughs> From the past 12 months, thank you very mm. much. Uh, time now for another of our favourite interviews from 2022. And myself and Andy had great fun chatting to the one and only Ian Holloway, as we always do, about his new book, How to Be a Football Manager. Ollie, good to see you. Lovely to see Hello, you. Hello, boys. How are you doing? This is your experience. Is this like a blueprint, a kind of history of someone managing different levels of the game? So did you want it to be that? Did you want it to have some, not just be entertaining, but to have some practical use as well? I... I wouldn't have done it if it was not the the normal. This is what I did, and I went here, and we, you know these stories connected to the games that I played. You know what? How many games I've had in my life? I'm only eighteen short of a thousand as a manager. But wow. what I wanted to do was they gave me some topics to think about what I would say if I could get that over to someone who hasn't done it but was thinking about doing it. And, mm. and oh wow, honestly, it it really floated my boat and. It's emotional when you do it because you remember things and in a nice way you remember things that you had to deal with and and, and I've been brutally honest with myself like mm. I have all my life and, you know, it's about dealing with the disappointment um, of losing, of drawing and then the joy of winning and that don't always... It's, it's, doesn't always last very long mm. so you've got to try and get through those moments and be the one that lifts everybody and... Because the arrows are being pointed at your back. You're the only one. Even if the, the owners get any stick, they end up pointing it. Of course. They dodge out of the way and point it at you. But, you know, that's the, the, the animal of it, really. And to have done it for so long and to have so much knowledge now, I believe I'd be a lot better manager than I've ever been if I was managing right now. But, mm. you know, that opportunity isn't there. So I thought, why? why? Why not do this when football, I believe, is growing so quickly and so fast because mm. girls and ladies can do it. So there's lots of people out there who are going to enjoy our wonderful game because it is something else. Honestly, I'm yeah. so glad I've loved it all my life. And, you know, if I can share my experiences, why not do it that way? And, you know, I'm really chuffed with it. Yeah, I mean, you managed in all four divisions. Even Pep can't say that. I mean, did you have a favourite? Did you prefer at the Premier League or the lower level? When I got to the Premier League, mm. the, you could see the enormity of it. It almost becomes impersonal it becomes a huge business and and I don't think that's a good thing to look at you mm. know um I I prefer someone like Bill Shankly's take on it that you know the socialism and we're all going to have a chance if we do well we'll all get a fair share of it and I want to keep believing that whether it's actually true or not so but I, I honestly say lads it was such a 
an honour to have been a manager for one day for anybody. Mm. Such a privilege. And, and us managers, we actually do feel that way. And I know fans don't... It's so easy to get despondent about this and blame someone. But, you know, I, I hope that if you read this, that you'll cut us a little bit more slack because mm. I've almost got this thing where I can read between the lines now. And if some club does something and their managers... I, I know probably why that everybody yeah. else doesn't. Do you know what I mean? A bit like sure. Men in Black where, mm. you know, the, the world's going to blow up and they zap you once they solve the problem. It's mm. a bit like that in football. But the, the beautiful thing for me is I can tell every that every single club is totally unique. It's run in a totally different way. And, you know, hopefully I want you to understand the problems that the men that are charged and yeah. lucky enough to do it actually have and live through. A bit, a bit like the QPR fellow who rang me up and when we lost the, the story in the book where yeah. we lost to uh, Vauxhall Motors and, and I invited him in and we, we had a chat for an hour and when I told him, no, I can't pick him because he was injured and he was and he's suspended and, oh, no, he's got a problem at home with his wife and uh, picked the team and he picked the same team I did that he was moaning <laughs> them about. You know? And that's how ridiculous. But he went away and told the fans, yeah. the fans forum, that... You know, Ollie couldn't do any more at that time, and and it really helped me at that mm, particular yeah. time. So, a lot of the time, it's what we don't know. You know, even with Ronaldo the other day, I, I I knew exactly what was happening. I could see, and I'm so glad it's resolved itself with that genius actually scoring again. You know, yeah, he got it wrong. Ten Hag was blamed for it, but do you know what? Think about it, son. Mm. You're a great bloke. Get back out there. Just do what your boss says, and and you, you you're brilliant. Yeah. You know, honestly, and and I'm so glad last night he gone and scored for Man United again. That would have been terrible, yeah. crying shame. But if you look at that one situation, look at Roy Keane's passion the other day with Gary Neville about how Roy felt, how wonderful he is, and he still scores goals. So none of us are right. Mm. And I've said this so many times. I bump into people in the pub and the local people, and they go, "I said, yeah, just because I'm paid for my opinion, don't make." It know that I know any more than you, you know. Mm. It ain't about that. So I've been very fortunate to have a go, and uh, I swear to you, it's a total privilege to anybody I never did well for. I'm sorry, I didn't really mm. mean that to happen, mm. but unfortunately, that's life. And and I can look in the mirror and say I tried as hard as I could to help your club, and I'm gutted that it didn't. Yeah. Work. Well, we're, we're going to keep talking about the book. How to be a football manager by Ian Holloway uh, is uh, out now in Holloway. And how not to be as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it as well. We're chatting to Ian Holloway, former Blackpool QPR manager, and uh, his book is How to Be a Football Manager, and very entertaining it is too. And you dedicate it to, uh, you say, my wonderful wife, Kim, and mm. long-suffering, as you, as you point out, <laughs> the yeah. years of been moving around the country with you job to job. You also make the point, it's a lot of wisdom in the book, Ollie, definitely about and, and a lot of kind of you know you're quite self-critical and you look at the way you did things good and bad but you're saying it I wish I was uh, I wish I was uh, uh, like I am in life as I am as a manager so that's interesting you know all that wisdom and everything you've learned and everything you do as a manager you say you feel like you're a different person in day-to-day -day life maybe yeah I, I think um, everything's expected of you and you know you can't if you sh overshow emotion as a manager, it's wrong. If you undershow it, you know you. It's very difficult to to be the one that everything's blamed at, and and you can't really then 
deflect it to anyone else mm. because you, you have to do that in private to make sure someone and as long as you can keep them believing that they they are the ones who have to perform and you are the ones who can help them do it by being open and honest but i i found i was probably too honest with certain players and they couldn't deal with it you know my my brutal honesty and I, I would have an anger issue as well. I Instead of being determined like I always was, I, I felt I needed to get angry and and that's not a good balance to be if, you, mm. if you're a football manager, you know, and, and people talk about Sir Alex with his hair dryers and all that, but, you know, what he was was immensely in control of himself and who he was, but you, you've got to try and live through who you want to be and realise that might be slightly different at home that uh, mm. is it work, you know? And So you're you saying you're kind of putting on, not an act as such, but you're, you're, it's a role, you're well, performing it's, a role. It's like a cloak. You, yeah, you yeah. actually put your cloak and then you you can find yourself. But, you know, I, I found later on in my career that I needed a laugh, I needed a joke, and maybe sometimes I did it too much or at the wrong time and then I was not taken seriously enough. Mm. So there we are. That was Ollie. Always a pleasure to see him. He's always a box office lovely mm, man. Lovely man. Um, so there we are. Um, we'll be back shortly with more clips and favourite interviews. And uh, do hope you can stick around. Hope you're having a fantastic uh, Christmas. You're listening to Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs on TalkSport in partnership with EE. Full fibre broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability. Check coverage at ee.co.uk. It's Christmas time. And I want to see Santa Claus. Hello, Merry Christmas and welcome back to Hawksby and Jacob's Clips of the Year. We're bringing you the best clips from the likes of Nigel Botherway and Breakfast with Laura Woods in this hour. Plus you'll hear some of our favourite interviews of the year with comedian David Mitchell, broadcasters Bob Harris and Danny Baker, to name but a few. But it's time now to explore some of the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters with something of a lucky dip of clips, yes. Andy. So where's the lucky dip going to start? Well, we begin with overnight presenter Paul Ross looking ahead to the rest of the day on TalkSport. The early sports breakfast with Paul Coyter. And then after that, the sports show, the breakfast show with Ali McCoy and Darren Bent this morning. They're back from six. Good. And they're joined by the Romford Pele Roy Parler. Good old Roy <laughs> Parler. Parler. Not to be confused with Ray Parler. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, over to Drive, where Andy Goldstein set Darren Bent a space quiz. So Who's I the first you... man on the moon? That boy, Neil. Who's was was the second man on the moon? Um, I don't know who the second man is. What did he say in your ear? Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> it's not Buzz Lightyear, it's Buzz. Buzz yeah, Buzz Aldridge. Buzz Aldridge. <laughs> yeah, John, John's brother, Buzz Aldridge. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Second man on the moon. We all, everybody knows that. It's a bit of old classic trivia. <laughs> yeah. Overnights with Martin Kellner now. Who was auditioning for the role of TalkSport's Scottish football correspondent? Top of the league and unbeaten, that's uh, yeah. League Two, is it? No, League One. League One, League One, but yeah, right, so it's, a, it's a SPL, then it's the Premier League, then it's the League Two. Uh, sorry, then it's the Championship, then it's League Two. Um, then it's League One, sorry, I've got that right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, still don't know. Definitely going to be the Scottish football correspondent. <laughs> now, if you're thinking of opening a cricket-themed restaurant, our newsreader, Nick Ellaby, may have an idea for you. Jimmy Anderson says he still can't make sense of being dropped from the test team. England's all-time leading wicket-teaker says it came out of the blue. Yeah, wicket-teaker. That's delicious, Fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I'll have one of those. Sticking with the news, this is Jake Robson with the sport, and this is exactly as it went out. 
Elsewhere, Ralph Rangnick has admitted his Manchester United side was second best as they lost 1-0 to Wolves. Elsewhere, Ralph Rangnick has admitted his Manchester United side was second best as they lost 1-0 to Wolves at Old Trafford. The bad news is that was back in January and he's still actually doing it on a loop. No one can nudge Can't him out stop of him. it. Poor fella. Uh, this is Laura Woods on breakfast introducing a chat with an FA Cup final penalty shootout hero. Costa Simica spoke to TalkSport about his winning penalty. I went inside because Robo had the, had the cramps. Oh, I never knew that, really. They kept that quiet, didn't they? I would imagine. Poor fella. Here's Paul Coit talking to Great Britain skiing legend Conrad Bartelski about gold medal winning British skiing sensation Dave Riding. Dave has said that. I, I've heard it so many times in sport over the years. Even Sally Gunnell, when she set the world 400-metre hurdle record, she didn't feel like doing it because she had a cold. It's often the case, I hear that, in great sporting performances where the competitor just doesn't feel it that day and then goes out and does something amazing. What? It's incredible, isn't it? No. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but honest, old Conrad. Yes. But despite that snub, Paul persevered and prize this out of Comrade. He skied beautifully on Saturday. He was just so in control. He skied the mountain. He wasn't over-aggressive. You know, he looked like he was having a, a wonderful day in the powder. I think it wasn't a wonderful day on there. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the you idea get there. You get the idea there, yeah. <laughs> Over to Jamie O'Hara on the sports bar now. No, three, seven, one, seven, double, two, double, three, double, four. You're listening to the sports bar on TalkSport with PokerStars, Noonar, New Neymar kickoff game. What? <laughs> a bit more can Mindy that, wasn't it? New Nah. New Nah. New nah. Yeah. He does other impressions, but his best one is a police car. Yeah. And staying with Jamie, here he is with a feature. The on this day round and today on this round, we're going all the way back to 1071 for the birthday of this Everton what? cult hero. Nadal brings it down. Ferguson shot. What a brilliant goal by Duncan. 10.71. He's going to be come looking for you. He's a big lad, old Duncan. Blimey. It's Sam Allardyce now. Sam Allardyce? Sam Allardyce. You're doing clips within a clip. Very posh. Sam who? Allardyce. Okay. Uh, being probed about a return to management by Darren Ambrose. You know, the obvious question, are you done? Are you coming back? Well, I'm, I'm never saying I'm done ever again because I've said it before. And I've popped up here, there, and everywhere. Like, you know, so, you know I've, had, I've had more clubs than, you know, than uh, the Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah, more clubs than Jack Nicholson, that well-known old golf analogy. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, here's Jason Cundy promoting TalkSport's coverage of the Masters, and we're guessing he's not massively into golf. We'll be keeping you updated of everything that happens throughout the rest of the first day here on TalkSport. Russ Hargreaves is on hand to, uh, to let you know every single ball that is hits the putt. Yeah, good luck with that, Russ. <laughs> I want to know every single ball that hits the putt or you're not going home. How does that work? Anyway, back to Martin Kellner now on his weekend overnight show with a football question for his guest. Just finally uh, on the on the World Cup, we've been talking uh, a wee bit in the show earlier on about uh, Qatar. Um, what are the chances of Mexico? Mexico have uh, qualified for the, uh, for the World Cup. Um, decent team. Thanks, Martin. Chat next week. <laughs> Not massively keen to talk up Mexico, <laughs> no, really. We had a point. Paul Ross on extra time now, inviting one of his potty to bring us the best of the morning's papers. You've got some interesting stories for us from the sound of it. Over to you, Alex Irons. Uh, so this one's from Sky. It says, cows about that. 
bollocks pool rescue. <laughs> bollocks pool rescue goes swimmingly. Oh, bollocks. Yeah, it's easy done. It's, it's easy done. Got to work on the pronunciation, I think. Uh, this is boxing expert Gareth A. Davis. And sometimes you hear about a fight and you think, oh, I just can't miss that. After the announcements last week from, from Eddie Hearn, of those brilliant raft of fights, you know, with the likes of uh, John Ryder and Andy Jacobs, Ali Pally. Did you win, Andy? I did, I hammered him into the ground fantastic congratulations <laughs> to you I, I should have watched it i really would have loved to have watched it this is tv presenter Raphael rowe on our show talking about the fa trophy final between bromley and wrexham bromley which is my local team pick up that trophy for the very first time so up and coming and it done well and even more so because of these big superstars who brought wrexham and yeah. they've gone away with a little bit of um cheese on their face yeah, yeah what happened to egg? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. A little bit of cheese on their face. Yeah, that'll teach them. <laughs> Back to Jamie O'Hara now, who is pointing us in the direction of TalkSport's autumn international rugby commentaries. Ireland are hosting world champion South Africa. Tim Crocker hosting with commentary from Russ Hargreaves and former British and Irish Lions centre Gordon D'Arcy. Gordon D'Arcy, uh, yeah, Jamie, a big fan of Jane Austen, especially <laughs> Mr D'Arcy. <laughs> Uh, is it me? It is, isn't it? It's Stuart Armour and Paul Coit on Early Breakfast talking about a caller. He is going to West Wales right. today yeah. because he is a delivery driver for a ter- certain type of beds. <laughs> right, what, what do you mean a certain type of beds? You know the, you know the beds, the really high-end tempura beds. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. What a bed a, covered in batter. You make hell of a noise when you turned over. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? Fully battered bed. Shall we quickly check in with Jake Robson, see how he's getting on with that bulletin? Yeah. Manchester United side were second best as they lost 1-0 to Wolves. Elsewhere, Ralph Rangnick has admitted his Manchester United side was second best as they lost 1-0 to Wolves. No, he's still doing it. Nothing down for him, really. Poor fella, he's going to be there for years all over Christmas. And this is betting expert John Hill auditioning for the role of TalkSport's Spanish football correspondent. He's the sporting Lisbon manager. He's 5-4 to favourite. Look, no surprise, another Portuguese boss in the betting. Mm. Uh, and then you've got is it Julian L- Lapidagu. <laughs> Could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. <laughs> and finally, Andy. It's Darren Bent alongside Andy Goldstein on Drive chatting about the things he regrets as he looks back on his fine career. It frustrates me that I didn't get to play in it. Does I'm it? Like, does it really? Yeah, it does. It gets That's interesting. Because when you watch it and you see them line up before the game and you hear the music, you think, I just, it's the oh, you're right. one, isn't when it? that. That's very good, isn't it? Yeah, giving us uh, the Champions League we, thing. We've already proved that no one can sing the Champions League theme. <laughs> but how close was it to the original? Let's find out. That's very good. Not bad. That's in tune. Can't argue with that. Was in tune. Yeah. Anyway, there we are. That's uh, a bit of uh, a bit of pot luck there uh, from uh, the clips of the Lucky Dip. So uh, we'll bring you some more of those clips of the week Lucky Dip a little bit later on in the show. And we've got plenty more clips, including bumper crops from both Nigel Botherway and Breakfast very own Laura Woods. But it's time now for another of our favourite moments of the year. And myself and Charlie Baker had great fun chatting to actors and comedians David Earl and Joe Wilkinson about their World Cup song. Joe, Dave, good afternoon. 
You sound a bit sheepish, the sound of you, really. I mean, does it feel, oh, a, bit, yeah. feel a bit real now, does it? <laughs> oh, too real. <laughs> I want to go over. I've got to be over. We're, we're, yeah, I've got to be honest. We're over all this now. Yeah, yeah. We wrote it about a month ago. And now yeah. we want to move on. You scratched yeah, the itch. We... You've done it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one cares anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll tell you, you're doing a good job of selling it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's rushing out to buy this now. Yeah. So, what, uh, uh, Dave, what was the catalyst then for this? What, what suddenly made you think? Yeah, we must go. We must go and write a, a World Cup song. Well, I'm, I'm always trying to write little songs because I really love Robert Smith from The Cure. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> to the point where I was Googling him last night to see what trousers he wears. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to spot his new trousers. It's funny. When I think of Robert Smith, the first thing I think of is not his trousers. Do you I'm, know? I'm thinking black black jeans, black jeans. Imagine black, skinny yeah, black, black jeans. jeans. Yeah. Slightly yeah, too long top. for his legs, I always think. Yeah, too long. <laughs> <laughs> But rucked up at the bottom. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Joe, how boots, did you share the pickers? Winkle. Yeah, how did you share the responsibilities, Joe? Do you, I mean, I really was... haven't. I haven't, to be right. honest with you. I I was sent one line to sing, and uh, I and was unhappy that. about that. And, <laughs> yeah, and he he also sent me how I should sing it. Oh wow! Did so I? I feel, did I? I, yeah, he thinks he's George Martin all of a sudden. <laughs> it was very much. Hang on a minute. He's trying to get. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> you sound like Where's you're trying to distance yourself yeah. from it, Joe. I am hundred and fifty percent distancing. Classic Joe Wilkinson. <laughs> is, is it like George Martin when he made Silla Black do thirty-six takes of Alfie? Is it like that? Yeah. I wish well, it, was. it was like that. Except David went, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh, so dear. did did this come out of a sort of chat in during the Chatterbix podcast one morning? Is that how you just and, and then you thought we're going to have to see this through, or, or how, whose idea was it? Was it? It sounds like it was yours, David. Yeah, well, I think so. I've written a song. <laughs> you just get carried away, don't you, when you're nattering away on a. And we thought, oh yeah, let's do it. And we we really wanted to take over from Badil and Skinner for thirty five minutes. Mm. Now we're on here. <laughs> yeah, here you are. Here you are so we now. really don't. We really don't want to be them. <laughs> well, look, should we? We haven't. Charlie and I well, have not deliberately it. didn't hear it. We, oh, we thought we wanted, oh, no, we wanted this no. to be the first no. listen, so like a jukebox like, jury sort of yeah. thing. Are we allowed to? What do they get, mark, mark it out? I'll on give jukebox five. jury. No, there'll be no critique. No There'll be no critique. Move on to the news. We might have to. We'll just go straight into some solemn music, and then and then we'll just fade to this fade fade to the ads. Yeah, just yeah. Silco. No, of course not. We'll be very much. <laughs> very much be back to celebrate with you and uh here it, here it is um it's called uh it's well tell us what it's called guys yeah. what's it called introduce your song lads. oh whatever does anyone <laughs> you know they go hi we're t- i'm gary and i'm yeah. robbie and, and i'm this jason and i'm howard and we are take that <laughs> yeah. and this is our new song could it be magic uh this well this is their new song cup yeah. for the cupboard here we go this is our year this is our dream Aussie band from the mid nineties. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm into it. It's got that feel, isn't it? A band that they had one hit. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, they're all from Brisbane. And yeah. this is the second one that wasn't a hit. Yeah. 
Oh, I feel sick. I it's think it's good. <laughs> I feel sick. Can we hear more? Keep it, fade I, it back I, up. I, fade it back up. <laughs> I like it. They've just got to go oh, for it. Oh, it's like a middle age. It's got a bit of talking yeah. Talky bit. Here we go. Yeah. They bloody have. Oh. Just don't go for it. Yeah. Gareth. For all of us. Oh, wow. Yeah, for Gareth. Do it for Gareth. That's what I said. Do it for Grace. Yeah, do it for all of us. Do it for Gareth. Feels like a filler. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> big power chord. Lovely big chord. Power chord. Yeah. No, I, who's we, playing on it? Who's playing yeah, who's, who's the music? Well, oh, I yeah, wrote that's it. That's why I'm here. I know you wrote it. Do you, so do, you, do, you, do you play all the instruments on it as well? You like yeah. Prince? Yeah, more or less. I mean, we've <laughs> yeah. got a producer who's got clever fingers. He sort of plays on the keyboards and okay. I write him the stuff. Look, they're still playing it. They love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm genuinely into it. This, I, I can hear them banging the off button. It just won't go off. It's much, it, I, I don't mean this. It's much, much better than I thought it was going it, to be. I thought it's it was going to be a, a bit more of a novelty like track. Like a talking heads feel, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Oh, It's good. Paul, Paul <laughs> were you involved in the... Badil and Skinner. No, 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 oh, no. You? I was around when they brought it back for '98, working on the show. But no, I wasn't him. That was very much right. uh, Frank and Dave and Ian Brody's thing. Yeah, you you know. Know. We're just wondering how you sort of gain that traction. How you gain mm. that? Yeah. Well, do you want to say? That I think you, I think the thing you don't do is come on a radio show and go, "Yeah, we don't, I'm not bothered about yeah. it." Like, <laughs> you do have to say, "Oh, I feel sick." I'm not sure that's the way to. <laughs> but no, I like that. That's really Joe's, good. Joe's friend Graham really likes. It. Yeah, my friend Graham okay. texted me a couple yeah. of days ago and said, I like Cup in the Cupboard. It's and good. I, a, I'm, in, I'm into it. David, is uh, yeah, my new football club, the podcast, yeah. uh, you started when yeah. you moved down to the West Country and you adopted yeah. Exeter City as your club. Yeah. So you're going to away yeah. games. You went to a Plymouth game recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Nerves, I was really worried for my safety before <laughs> the match. <laughs> really? I really? From the well, Plymouth Ultras. Because <laughs> of the song, <laughs> they'd heard "Cup in the Cupboard." No, yeah. it's good "Cup in the Cupboard." Well, you've written a Gary, you've written a song for Gary Coldwell, haven't you? I've written a song for Gary Coldwell. I've written a song for Matt Taylor. Wow. I feel like I'm just a nuisance now. Is that, yeah. is, is that why Matt Taylor left? <laughs> <laughs> Cease and desist letter yeah. on its way. Yeah. <laughs> now, and we should point out that you bring us the Chatterbix podcast, don't you? Every day. Yeah, yeah it's a real every day. Dream. We try and do what you do, but we can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> keep the energy up, because we we have massive gaps where we say nothing. <laughs> and I don't know how you do it. Because well, we just sort of stare at each other and go, I don't know, you, and David's always got a sore throat. <laughs> it's all the singing on his yeah, tracks. Cup in the cupboard. A couple of texts about the song. Oh, uh, this God, one from Anonymous saying, what lets Cup in the cupboard down is the singing and the lyrics. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no need to be nasty, is it? Easy, too easy. No need to be nasty. Anyway. I liked it. I think it's excellent. So there we are, mm. the Chatterbix boys there. Um that's uh, Joe Wilkins and David L. Our thanks to them. And we've got lots more clips to come and indeed more of our favourite interviews here on the Christmas special. But for now, you're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport in partnership with EE, full fibre broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability. Check coverage at ee.co.uk. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's the Hawksby and Jacobs uh, Clips of the Year Christmas Special. And uh, we're bringing you our favourite clips of 2022, some of the best interviews of the year. And uh, we turn our attention to the riverbank now and we look at some of our favourite clips from Nigel Botherway and as an occasional stand-in host, Tom Ayers, on Fisherman's Blues in 2022. So, Andy, yes. kick us off. Well, it's been a seismic year of news, uh, from the Russian invasion of Ukraine to a government collapsing inside 45 days, not to mention the World Cup in Qatar. So come on then, Nigel, what have you got for us? When we come back, I'll give you the biggest news story of the week. It's the sale of Ashmead Fishery on the Somerset Levels. It was a quite a week, I would imagine, than some of the others. It kind of went under the radar a bit, yeah. really, with everything that was going on. Uh, and yes, and this is Nigel talking about a mate. Richie McDonald always used to say, good morning, Richie, if you're listening. Bit of an odd thing to say, isn't it? What about himself? Is that his catchphrase? <laughs> Remember old Richie? Good morning, Richie, if you're listening. I never quite understood it. Nigel did, of course, do a lot of fishing this year. So come on, Nigel, what did you catch? Drinks, cans, glass bottles, dog poo, several bikes, a traffic cone, a trolley and various other items. Pretty good haul. Sadly, no fish, though, by the sound of it. Disappointing. Uh, it's about the dog poo, really, wasn't it? You catch, you know, threw it back. Catch and release. <laughs> that being said, Nigel did meet somebody very interesting this year. Somebody I did have the pleasure of meeting on the bank before I set off on my travels was Goose Lee. Yeah, Goose Lee, you may remember Goose. He was a goose that did martial arts films. Uh, they were some great films. We had Enter the Goose, which is a bit troubling. Uh, the Way of the Goose, Wing of Fury, which was very good. So Marvelous, go and yeah. check out the films of Goose Lee. Andy. And the guests with the interesting backstories just kept on coming. 
Marcus Janssen became hooked on fishing as a youngster growing up in his native uh, South Africa. And then when his family moved to Scotland, salmon took over. Yeah, he was brought up by salmon, <laughs> abandoned by his family and raised by salmon. He had a hell of a leap on him. He did. Decent centre-half. <laughs> it's standing host Tom Ayres previewing a guest. My next guest, it's Chris Hayden, uh, an angling journalist, works for Angling Times. One thing I'm going to grill Chris on uh, is, is bait additives. <laughs> Not Frost Nixon, is it, really? I mean, really. <laughs> it's like hell of a grilling on that. Like Paxman. <laughs> Uh, what's next, Andy? Here's Nigel paying tribute to his stand-in presenter. With a message from me to Tom Ayres, thanking him for hosting a great show last Sunday. It was Tom's birthday in the week, and he celebrated with an hour on his local river catching chub and roach. Who needs cake? Were well, you ever trying to put candles in a roach? It's, they don't really stay there for that long. Not easy. No. Now, Nigel did present the show from home a lot this year, and unfortunately, he did have a few problems with his line particularly when he was chatting to the pike fishing record holder, Neville Fickling. And the other, I think the biggest cost for anybody in fishing now is petrol or diesel, isn't it? I think we've lost Neville again. Yeah, no, I'm still oh. here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> is Neville Fickling? That's the question. Well, it's very yeah. true. Yeah. But despite all the issues, they persevered. Great stuff. Are you in the shop this morning? Uh, no, 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 we we never open on the Sundays, fortunately. Very sensible, very sensible. Uh, the shop's going well, though? You've disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Probably do better if they opened on a Sunday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, could do, yeah. Uh, this is Nigel recalling a previous guest on the show. I listened to Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden on Fisherman's Blues. He is very eloquent, speaking fellow... I'm not sure you are. <laughs> Very eloquent speaking, fellow. Tom Ayres again, sitting in for Nigel, looking ahead to an upcoming interview with journalist Mark Sawyer. He's very honest about what it's like to do his job, um, from the good bits to the to the less good bits. So I hope you stick around and listen to that later this hour. I think a lot of you will think tackle editor at Angling Times, dream job. I think quite a few people wouldn't. <laughs> There are others that probably wouldn't make my top three. I don't, I, I don't know about I'm sure it's a great gig, but well, I probably mean... probably is, yeah. Dream job? Anyway, Andy. This is Nigel chatting to a guest who had some important news for us. Presumably people can go online for latest results. Yes, yeah. So um, if you go into good old Google and um, go BCACU, um, and yes, all the live updates, we've been pretty on it this weekend. Maybe we'll never know. We'll never know. As we never got the address. <laughs> this is Nigel chatting to his guest, the fisherman Dave Barlow. You mentioned Bev and Rob Rob Hughes and Bev Clifford, of course. Um, I did screenshot that Bev put up the competing nations. Save me trying to find it. Can you remember who they were? Oh, it's very early in the morning. <laughs> what was that, Dave? Oh, a bit Aguero-like, yeah, wasn't it, it really? <laughs> Let's see if Nigel and Neville Fickling have got that problem line sorted out yet, shall we? I might as well go there and chuck the rods out for a few hours and read a book and uh, and just uh, do nothing, you know. Isn't it amazing, a spur-of-the-moment decision like that and uh, the fishing gods are with you and it can happen. Oh, dear. And... Um, Tell us, tell us about 
amazingly uh, in and out line. I don't know whether you can hear that. In fact, you're gone completely. He had as well. <laughs> the Neville Fickling line. So, and, uh, and finally, it, Andy, yes. go for it, yeah. And finally, this is Nigel with a trivia question for us. I was once told how many maggots there are in a pint. It's a great question, isn't it? How many maggots in a pint? Uh, I'd say 3,850. What are you going to go with, Andy? Ooh, More? That's a lot. No, I would have said about 900. OK, so we've got the producer. He's going 10,000. 10, He's gone 000. for 10,000. Well, you at home, have this is your chance? Yeah, good guess. Very good guess. So, um, quite a range of answers there. I think we're all intrigued to know. So, come on then, Nigel. You've kept us in suspense long enough. Give us the answer. How many maggots in a pint? I can't remember the answer. I should have written it down. Oh, cheers. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Brilliant. So those are the best clips from Fisherman's Blues over the past 12 months. Still to come, plenty more clips, including the best of Breakfast with Laura Woods and another lucky dip of the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters. But it's time now for another of our favourite moments from 2022. And it was great to return for the first time since March 2020 to the Cheltenham Festival. Here are the highlights. Oh, it's here exciting. we are, back at Cheltenham. People eating burgers at 10.40 in the morning. Yeah, yeah that really troubled you, that, I didn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast burger. If you've been on the road in a minibus <laughs> since about five, possibly drinking on, yes. on a trip, then maybe you need then a burger. It it's lunchtime, it's yeah, true. for these guys. And uh, plenty of tight suits, short yeah. jackets and tight trousers. One bloke, honestly... I don't know how he got them yeah. on. They were so... It was. It was burst. like it had been painted on, wasn't it? Yeah. I think ASOS have done a roaring trade in 30-quid suits that you basically go home and bin. And, of course, we're, we're in a sort of tips frenzy. Yes. As uh, yesterday, uh, Biggles gave us some tips. and uh, Biggles? That's why I like to call him. OK. <laughs> Does he Biddles? No, no. Binners. Binners. Oh, make, make one of our guests feel special. <laughs> <laughs> Biggles, <laughs> and uh, we we arrived at the hotel yesterday, and yes. uh, that was uh, a few problems as we checked in. Yes. And uh, we discovered actually the hotel's got a royal suite. Yeah. Although I doubt very much the Queen's ever stayed in this <laughs> I'm hotel. Guess, I'm guessing not. <laughs> no, no, maybe in. a minor royal. <laughs> and maybe Tins has, has <laughs> spent the night there. I don't know. And the room was so hot; it was like an old folks' home, which was fine yeah, for me. Handy. They knew you were coming. <laughs> That's right, but no one else. Yeah. And, uh, we got to the hotel. The room, the room's two and a half minute walk, isn't it? Yeah, you timed it. It's a right workout. We got a sponsor, didn't we? Yeah. It's it's made we're, getting, we're raising some money by going to and from the uh, reception <laughs> to the room. And Pat, social media Pat carried offered and carried my case. Yeah, so you know he's you're getting old when that. He's going to carry you <laughs> in a so fireman's bad. lift. Honestly, yeah. help the aged. One final thing about the hotel though, which is a bit of a problem for tonight. With all the good football coming up. Oh yeah. We'll talk about later. They've got rid of BT Sport and Sky. They had BT and Sky, yeah, yeah that's so true. So no football, no racing channels. And worst of all, for our tech op, Simon, yes. no yachting. That's right. It's that's a disaster. Really true. They've, yeah. they've taken the yachting channel off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, one of the hazards of Cheltenham has always been people breaking wind. I've got to be honest about it. <laughs> and, uh, well, it is. Well, it is. Look, post-racing, certainly. Yes, it's most unfortunate. Post-racing, there is a kind of toxic... Um, cloud yeah. over over the course. But I looked it up scientifically and it is possible to spread COVID that way, so it's an extra hazard. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow, yeah, I never knew that. I, I mean, because I, I, I asked the question and you looked it up and, and sure enough, yeah. because walking back in from the course, oh, yeah. the density of people walking back into Ooh. town, it was... Uh, yeah. 
It was quite appalling. Anyway, it was, it hope, definitely you, a case hope for you're enjoying your lunch, everybody, today. Yeah. Talking of meals, we went for a very nice Italian meal last night. We did. Yes, and uh, most enjoyable. And uh, I, at one point, I went to the, I wanted to go to the toilet, so I asked you for directions. Yeah. And you gave me directions, I ended up in the kitchens, which is a bit unfortunate. I don't know how Yeah, that I gave you directions, which you ignored <laughs> for some reason, and decided to go in the... They must have thought you're like the health inspector or something, yeah. Well, you keep carry on, it's all very good. Can I give them a name check? They were lovely yeah, people. Come la casa. They're a, oh, that's nice. Thank They're a, new, a relatively new business. Very nice place. If you're in Cheltenham, go and check them out. John's worried about that. You're not allowed to do an Italian accent now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, got, he got it wrong. What, is, what does that mean? Come e casa. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. What did you say? Come la casa. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's I don't know. rubbish. It's showing off. Italian uh, anyway, grammar. What else happened? He's still you annoyed got an Italian about grammar. Brazil. <laughs> In fact, the waiters were very, talking of Italian, they were fascinated about the racing, weren't they? And they, yeah. they were asking us. But for some reason, I don't know what happened. I thought the waitress was asking us, but it was the waiter on the other side. I said to you, why is yeah. the waitress interested in racing? You said to me, she isn't. Well, it's the waiter. Why wouldn't she be interested <laughs> in racing? When you're in a hole, stop digging, mate, really. Why would the waitress be interested in racing? I'll, I'll, I'll run that past our old mate Alice Plunkett when we see her from ITV. Yeah, see Rachel Blackmore, Katie Walsh, and every other Brian Frost and every other woman in racing. I didn't mean it in that yeah. way. I meant that particular woman. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, Fair I mean, why was the waiter even interested? So we'd have this idea that if, if the Italians sort of took over Cheltenham like the Irish do, it would be really good. So we started doing all the old favourite Irish expressions in Italian. Like, yeah. If it gets, uh, if it gets yeah. a trip, it'll win the race. Yeah. <laughs> but then you pointed out, what about Frankie de Tori? And we thought, yeah, that's a good point. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, I digress. So we were... He's lethal, isn't he, John? Really. Andy, he's lethal. <laughs> Go on, keep going, yeah. Uh, last time I checked, you could do an Italian accent. Otherwise, well, what about you say Don that. Mio? When did you, when you last checked in 1972, did you? <laughs> Halfway through an episode of A Lower Low. Last time I checked. That's the kind That's the kind of line that gets you into trouble, isn't it? Last time I checked. Actor uh, Callum Scott Howes, you remember Wonderful performance in It's a Sin. Lovely to see you again, Callum. Very good to see you too. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. What a day. Yes, yeah, so is this your first time at, at Cheltenham? My first time. I've only been to Chep Store, and that wasn't even for the races. <laughs> it was just for a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've had to give you a little bit of instruction on how to bet responsibly. You yes, have. Yes, you have. Yes. You, you didn't go me... each way. You didn't you, no. you better get the favourite. You had the, the second. Yeah. You yeah. had the second. If you'd been each way, you would have got a bit back. What I should have done, I shouldn't I? I've yeah. gone all in. Mm. I've got too excited at my first races. I <laughs> I've, I've learned from it, though. I've learned from my mistakes. Yeah, so now you, you would have had a nice little saver. You'd have won yeah. a little bit, and yeah. you could put that in the next one. Put it too. into the next one, yeah, yeah exactly. Fantastic. And get him, yeah, he's going to get right. <laughs> Andy Jacobs. What? Do you want to do after one? What do you mean, what? <laughs> what? What you got for... What you got for us? <laughs> We'd like some comedy gold. It's almost like he's nothing to do with the show. If I threw to Andy Smart, who is nothing to do effectively with the show, he'd have something for me. You've got nothing left. You've got nothing left? Not a lot, really. Okay. Well, why don't you sing us a couple of songs from the shows? The beeping Uber was good. That's true, really. No need to swear. <laughs> The beeping Uber. And the thing is, we came out of the restaurant and we yeah. we booked an Uber because we couldn't find a cab, so we booked an Uber. Hell yeah! And uh, 
We were talking that always about plays very well with the black cab drivers well, who listen to the show. That's why I said we tried the Yeah, cab we did. First. We tried proper cabs yeah, first. Yeah, sorry, we, it was we were desperate. We're not gonna, we couldn't walk. It's about <laughs> two hours. Give us They're a break, lad. Off now. Give us a break, lads. <laughs> people, ladies. People in the back of the black cabs going, yeah. why have you just Boo. turned the radio off? Boo. <laughs> They'll be queuing up outside Talksport. Yeah. But one Cabble. of the things that if you're of a certain age yeah. uh, and you order an Uber, the pin, where where you've actually got to yeah. be picked up, is always tricky. We didn't leave like, Andy in charge of the pin. Well, even, you, even, you, even you said it was a problem. No, it is, it is a problem for me. My kids, they managed to pinpoint. I'm like, you, yeah. I, you, we would have been in Temple Meads. So you Jamie know, said, oh, no, I've done it. I've, I've altered the pin. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bloke pulls up and he's not there. And we're in one place and he's in another place. Yeah. Jamie's on the phone to him. And the bloke starts ringing his it's horn. It's like a clown's car. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had to follow the noise of the horn. Yeah. So I didn't think that was great We'll just follow the noise of the horn, but yeah, that's that's what we've come to. But we haven't, we weren't able to watch the football apart from your. Um, well, yeah, we watched it on the iPad. We did. We iPad. watched. We watched the second half. Yeah, in the hotel they had Trevor McDonald's favourite murders on. It was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, not really getting you in the mood, is it? <laughs> not really. No, no I don't no. think it's called that. To no, be I don't think it can't. <laughs> but never mind. What can you do? Uh, anything else you want to well, discuss? Yes, the young Callum Scott Howells. Uh, yeah. Which, he, he, it was amazing, wasn't he? He, started, he bet on the first race and he didn't really know what he was doing. So I explained, you know, give him a little explanation you know, how to bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, going well. Yeah, great. Yeah. What a great person. Well, no, he do. didn't know what he, because he, he basically was betting yeah. on the nose, wasn't he? And he said, yeah. and we said well, you could have gone each way because you would have yeah. got second. And he said, what's that? So we said, well, and so he explained, yeah, explained it. it. So By the end of the day, he's going, oh, I'm on a reverse forecast. <laughs> reverse forecast. Yeah, he's a Yankee. About 10 he's, months time, but Gambler's Anonymous. Well yeah, done. Of course not. Of course not. Right no, now. he's a too, far too sensible a lad. <laughs> uh, he is. That's true. And Matt from the PDC, the dark. Was here, wasn't yeah. He? And, Matt uh, Porter, yeah, we yeah. saw Matt. He, yeah. said, hello, he said hello, Paul. And everything. When he walked past me, he went, Cheers, Ian. <laughs> Ian. He may have been talking to someone else. No, he wasn't. He what's, your, what's your middle name? Ian. That is freakish. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how he knew. Is there anything you want to share with the class? Well, I mean, apart from your misery today, <laughs> no. having a poor day's punter, I, I did which I think you've covered brilliantly. <laughs> Thank you very much. And the fact your disappointment that you you had a, a double, uh, which involved Paul Townend not falling off that horse in the first race, that that you basically bet on twice by accident, and so you would have got double bubble. I know. But you know, I, I think can't believe it's five to four. I feel I haven't been part of the show today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I felt like that for most of the week. I, I kind of, I felt like, I felt like my sh- the. Sh- show here has been getting in the way of your punting, so I do apologise if it <laughs> no, has. Fine. But one thing I'd say is that, you know, as a former producer of oh, yeah. some note, yeah. if, if the stars like David and Frank had asked me for cheesecake, yeah. I'd have gone to the ends of the earth to yeah. get them. I'm, I'm on it. All I'm saying is that yeah. some cheesecake came up at 3.30, the producer went up to get himself some. I said, oh, cheesecake, and I'll have some cheesecake. And he, he said, will you? Which, <laughs> he said, he said oh, you want me to get, get it, it for did. you, do you? It's great. Well, I can't move. I can't move. Unlike you, goes on the balcony and watches the rain. I can't move. I'm stuck here in case the line goes down. So I can cover for you. That's true. See, there we are. Little insight there. But I got, I reluctantly got my cheesecake. Yeah, well, good. I'm yeah. glad for you. You deserve it. Yes, That's you right. did. That's absolutely true. So there we are. Do stay with us for this Christmas special. We'll have more uh, clips coming up shortly. We'll have all the live sport that's been covered brilliantly here on TalkSport. Things do occasionally go wrong. We'll bring you the best of those. And more of our favourite interviews coming up shortly. Hello, it's the TalkSport Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year special. And it's time now to bring you the best clips 
from the station's fantastic live sports coverage over the past 12 months. Andy, we've got some corkers here. What's first? Well, we begin with Adrian Durham and some unintentional poetry at the Europa League final. They want to savour every last drop of this occasion and the Eintracht Frankfurt fans playing their part, all white to our right. It looks quite the sight. <laughs> very, very good. good. Beautiful poetry. Mm. Now, this is Darren Bent with news of a goal. Well, there's a game going on at Molyneux as well, and it's Wolves taking on Leicester, but there's been another goal. Let's go up to Jeff Peters. Yeah, I'm not Jeff Peters, I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds quite like yeah. him to me. <laughs> yeah. Not a terms Abigail Davis, of course. Yeah, the Moose now, reporting on Wickham versus Bristol City. In truth, not a lot's really happened on the pitch. In fact, I've just been kicked by Sam Vokes in the press box. Oh, that sounds painful. You ever been kicked in the press box, Andy? Never pleasant. They do say that when you hit the big time, never forget the people that knew you on the way to the top. As Tyson Fury proves here post-fight with boxing correspondent and his old friend going way back, Gareth A. Davis. Tyson, um, we've been just talking on the desk there. Congratulations on another great victory. Thank you very much, Russell. Or Russell A. Davis. Is, uh, sometimes you know somebody so well you don't even have to call them by their own name. This is Ian Danter. Commentating. Commentating. This is Ian Danter. Yes. Commentating on Sheffield United versus Fulham. Chalaber trying to respond for Fulham, trying to slip the ball through to Bobby Deckard over Reed. But Sheffield United repel. There's a heavy challenge on Kenny Tete. Yeah, we could hear that. It was very heavy. I mean, very <laughs> echoed round the ground, didn't it? Right into the shin pad. Uh, Jamie O'Hara on the sports bar here with cricket reporter John Norman reporting on the Ashes. And it sounded a bit like John had been kidnapped. Time for an Ashes update from day two of the fourth test at the Sydney Cricket Ground, thanks to BT Sport. John Norman, what's happening? Hi, John. John? <laughs> John, have you been caught in the rain? <laughs> got the hand over his mouth. That's a good Where are we going to send the ransom money? <laughs> Thankfully, John survived his ordeal and returned to report on the 2020 World Cup later in the year. Ireland have seen off the da- dangerous David Warner, Mitchell Marsh, and most recently, Glenn Maxwell Cheaply. Oh, yeah, he's um, one of the Adelaide Maxwell Cheaplys. Very posh lovely, family. Lovely, they are a lovely family, yes. <laughs> uh, this is commentator Nigel Adley with some breaking news. And he brings down McNeil, and it will be a free kick for Burnley on this near side. As we go back to the vitality, a red card for Alex Crook. What's he done wrong? <laughs> it does seem very harsh on his fellow commentator. Adam Bridge now at West Brom versus Brighton. Nine minutes played here, West Brom, it's Albion nil, Brighton and Hove, Albion nil. It's Albion who've started the bright of the two sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to narrow that down a bit. <laughs> Now, the burning question at TalkSport this year has been, is Hugh Woosencroft telepathic? Let's discuss the magnitude of the evening as a whole and events at Villa Park, where we'll find the former Burnley and Wolves striker, Chris Ualumo. Good evening, Chris. Very, very well, my friend. Very, very well. He can read Chris's mind. He doesn't even need him to answer. <laughs> Sam Matterface. And I did enjoy the Lioness's remarkable triumph this summer, but somehow I managed to miss this. And Serena Wiegmann, for the first time, has just come out, and she has let one go. 
Dirty girl. <laughs> we all missed that, didn't we? In the, uh, I suppose it was very noisy in the stadium. Yeah. Staying with the Lionesses, here's Faker others chatting to manager Serena Wiegmann in the aftermath of their brilliant Euro final victory. And clearly, she's a woman of few words. As an England fan, I'm sitting there going, wow, what's happened here? Yeah. It was incredible. The scenes out on yeah. the pitch were, were amazing. The dressing room, the girls have got the music going in there already. I know you've been there. Have you managed to talk to them since? No. There we go, Serena Wiegmann. Yeah, it went well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to <laughs> Never mind. Reshman Chowdhury now on game day, and really, Reshman, it would have been quicker just to say, arm. It seems to be this never-ending story. I'm sure there's a list as long as, oh, I don't know, this, <laughs> my, uh, my, my desire to try and get on the Wi-Fi here and not being able to. It would have been quicker to say arm, definitely. <laughs> it would have been, yeah, definitely, mm. yeah. Uh, here's former jockey Lizzie Kelly alongside racing commentator Rupert Bell at Cheltenham. Well, Angel Blue didn't settle early on, but Frankie got a good tune out of out of this horse. <laughs> when it's not fixed, don't try and break it, or whatever the phrase is. Probably not that, not that Lizzie. No. Not probably not that, Lizzie, no. This is Sam Matterface grasping for a simile. He went out towards almost where you would take a throw-in from and then came shooting in towards the edge of the penalty area at rapid speed, almost like a... Plane coming into land. <laughs> yeah, plane coming yeah, into plane land. Into it land. was really. It took a while for that one to come <laughs> yeah, through. Often can. And here's some shock news from Bob Bubka at the Open. The guy to keep an eye on is this guy Cameron Tringali. He's been a professional since uh, 1909. Well, that's amazing. We thought Tiger was going to struggle to get around. 1909. This is a great bit of trivia from commentator Clive Tildesley. It's only his eighth game as a Premier League referee. His dad, Graham, only hung up his whistle last year. The Salisbury's are a family of blowers. Oh, my dear old thing. <laughs> no, they were related to him. Family of blowers. Uh, Sam Matterface at Leicester versus Forrest now. And we're still not sure whether he's agreeing with Danny Murphy here or just commentating. One break away from Forrest at 0-0 that it's the post. Could have turned this game on its head. That's the amazing thing about this game we love. Indeedy. Not sure. Could be either. Could be both, <laughs> yeah. couldn't it? That's true. And this is Dan Windle and Ian Holloway ahead of the League One playoff final. Sunderland Wickham, their season comes down to this. And if you look at it, how close was it between them? Um, you know, 114, 112, Drew 14. Oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Drew 14, 112, 110, uh, lost 10. Lost nine. It yeah. was so close. It was hell of a season by the sound of it. I still know. <laughs> no, I'm still no closer to working out the stats <laughs> from Ollie there. And finally, it's Mike Atherton on Talksport uh, on cricket commentary duty, seemingly making a quick getaway on his motorbike. I'm about to to make way for Samuel Badri, I think, who is busily making notes, and Butch uh, is on the horizon as well. So I'll leave it to you, Manners, and catch you later. Thank you very much indeed to uh, <laughs> Michael Atherton. Yeah, off he goes, doing a big wheelie on his motorbike. <laughs> so there we are. They were the best clips from our live sport coverage over the past 12 months. Still to come, we'll bring you the best of our Clips of the Week pewter from this year, plus our favourite clips from Breakfast with Laura Woods, the collection of co-hosts. But first... It's another of our favourite interviews from 2022. And what a treat it was to be joined in the studio by one of cricket's all-time greats, the West Indies batsman Chris Gale. 
They're playing, playing Chrissy's song. And this is Chrissy's song, isn't it? Dwayne Bravo. That's Dwayne yes. Bravo. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Chris Gale is with us in the studio. Lovely to see you, Chris. Hey, Chris. Yeah, for joining us. Yeah, lovely to see you. Yeah, what, what's, what's the route in for young West Indian kids, uh, Chris, these days, to, if they want to play uh, professional cricket? Is it quite accessible over there? Is it difficult for them to get into? No, it, no it's a bit difficult because mm. the, the sport itself, cricket, you know, it's kind of deteriorating um, mm. in the Caribbean, um, not only Jamaica. And you know, since I've since I've been spent more time in Jamaica, you know, I'm trying my best, you know, to uplift, you know, that as well. I'm trying to help, you know, since I have some time, I can actually, you know, I will, which I always do, give back, um, to the sport itself. So I'm trying to uplift the sport, um, in in Jamaica first and foremost, you know, and try and, you know, gain my knowledge to have more kids more involved in the sport, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. We're trying to get kids, you know, more 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 cricket orientated again, you know, rather than you know, diverting from the game. So we want to keep the game, you know, alive yeah. and, you know, spread the awareness of cricket. Your nickname, The Universe Boss, yes. I think it's a brilliant nickname. Um, a lot of people have nicknames that are that are writing checks that they can't cash, but I think I think, <laughs> I think you can cash this check. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you give yourself the nickname or did someone come up with it for you? I did. I mean, they, um, they used to call me The World Boss. Okay. You know, The World Boss. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying to myself... Not big enough. Yeah, not really, not big enough. I said, listen, I've, I've conquered the world already, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I've done it, I've done so much on the yeah. field and off the field, you know what I'm saying? No cricketer is brave enough to do what I've done. Yeah. And then I said, listen, me, it's the universe. Let's go, yeah. let's go up there and see what's happening there, you know what I'm saying? So I said, universe boss, not more, no more world boss. Yeah, it's a yeah. N- notoriously flat track on um, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got, watch, you've got to watch it there. You have yep, to watch yep, it there. Yep, yeah, check it out in more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good, man. I remember going to the first night of T20 in this country years ago, and there was a lot of people saying, yeah, I'm not sure this is going to take off. Um, I mean, what was your feeling when they when they first said yeah, they're going to be playing this sort of 20 over game over in England initially? I mean, what, what was your sort of feeling about it? Did you think it was going to take off or not? You're talking to T20? Yeah. Um, at first, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, w- I was looking at the easy way out. I said, well, shorter version, shorter yeah. format. <laughs> yes, the game can finish quicker. Uh, we, we, we actually, I wasn't really looking in the future, you know, what is what, what, what's happening to that. I, didn't, I wasn't really expecting that. Um, it's since that game, you know, this, the, the Stanford game where, where they played a $20 million game, that changes everything within the sports of T20. And, you know, and that's why you see I have so many leagues now. And the IPL is the biggest one, the biggest one who pays out more. Mm. And uh, that's when you say, wow, you know, you can get a future out of this game. Yeah. You know, T20 cricket you know, is, a, is a life-changing um, um, aspect, you know, and it, it changes a lot of life. It does for me. So I'm really yeah. happy, you know, it's actually, you know, where it's at today. I'm really happy where it is, where, where it is, is, is it, it's, it's at today. So it only can get better, you know, see new leagues starting around um, now. So um, more new leagues to come up as well. So we see what, where it goes. So it's but, good for the game. Where, when, what do you think it does in terms of the kind of players that are being produced now, young players now, with an eye to T20, with an eye to a professional career, playing that format, maybe rather than the test format? Do you worry for the future of test cricket, Chris? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. test cricket is in a bit of trouble. Uh, I mean, I'm worried more for the, the lower-ranked team. You know, I'm worried for them, you know, because they're not getting the full support. And I mean, the game is such a business now where mm. you have... You know the lower rank team getting one and two test matches. You know it's always about you know, England, India, and and Australia. You know those are the big teams. Uh, we we play four or five test matches um, amongst each other. We don't get those chance 
with the lower ranked team. So it, it's kind of a struggle for us. So they will make all the money all the time, and then you know we always going to be down at the bottom, and that is not going to be good for the sport. Mm. You know, so that's a big, big, big challenge. So we need to. I need ICC to really look into that. You know, and that's very, very key. And you know, give them because so, uh, you see me, the ICC have a lot of money, man. They can pump some more money in the game, without without a doubt. They can pump some more money in international cricket and make it a better one. You know, if they really want the sport to uplift and be where it's where it used to be, and not only one or two, three teams. You know, you know, we want everything, every team to be more competitive. Mm. You know, so that's they really need to take a, a, a serious look into that stage. You're uh, you're still playing. You're going to Australia, in the, is that right? You're, oh, that's a little club cricket, man. Just like you yeah. play village cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was telling you about my 18. I scored on Sunday. You didn't Chris. talk yeah, us through. You didn't yeah. talk, yeah. Was there any three fours, Chris? I was trying to play like you. Yeah, three you know, three fours, not bad. Smash it, it, 18. Yeah, yeah. smashed nah, it. I should, smashed you, you should it. go for six, man, like I did. Uh, uh, yeah. Matthew Hogg, okay. you know, six fours. They, they, are sh- they are short tonight, Chris. Yeah. But you're busy. Yeah, be free. That'd be hell of a ringer, Charlie, if you turned up. Aston's v Dorchester tonight. You interested at all, or you know what? Yeah, we can't talk off here. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that would be that would absolutely be, that would be hilarious to turn up with Chris tonight. Yeah, just, do you mind if we mate place? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who's coming? Yeah. They're like, no way. Will we you, see you, you? Have you played village cricket? Have you ever played? Uh, yeah, village? I played village cricket man, man, with Piers Morgan. Um, with Freddie Flintoff as well. Okay, yeah. And we lost to the village team. No. <laughs> really? Yeah, we got beaten. Kevin Peterson himself, Freddie Flintoff, the star study team, Michael Vaughan. you got to check where they put and in the cider. The game, you man. They put I'm stuff like, in the what? cider, Chris. It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Can't man. Feel your but it was so much fun, though. It's so much fun. I want to <laughs> play it again. How did you lose? <laughs> exactly. They gave us a few points uh, early. Yeah, That's what okay. happened. So, we, yeah. you know, but it's village cricket. I love it. Have you oh, been the ringer before, Chris? Have you been the guy that kind of turned? No one knows you're coming, and you just go into bat. And you don't, don't, you know? Does anybody you ever sort of turn nah, up, rocked up nah. to a team? They always make an announcement so they can mm. the crowd can come in. You know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. They want yeah. the people to say, "Hey, the universe boss is going to be there." Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, this is this is a good TV format for you, Chris. exactly. The ringer, yeah, the, the ringer, ringer, yeah, the ringer. You're a village cricket ringer. And he turns they up. Don't, you don't right. say it's you. You go in a bit, dis- bit of disguise. Just says Dave. I like that. Yeah. Dave, he's, a, he's a plumber. Dave. He's just moved into the area he's and gonna, he's looking for a gonna game. He's going to come in at six. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that one day. <laughs> I'm going to try great, that. Wouldn't it? Nice I like that. It. I like that. The ringer. And no plans for you to, to sort of pack up completely. You still want to keep your hand in. Keep yeah, that, no, man. I'm, listen, man. I didn't tell anyone when I was coming. I'm not going to tell anyone when I'm leaving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happened. You know, I'm just like I say, I have no, I have no worries at all. So I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know? So once, once everything is taken care of from family side of view, everything will be fine. We still enjoy watching you play. So yeah. keep So doing next year when doing. I make an announcement, Say Universe Boss is back, you know, you know yeah, the crowd's going to say, yes, he's back again. Yes. Yeah, it's going to keep, keep coming out of retirement, like Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. In and out of retirement. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, lovely to see you, Chris. We yeah. wish you well with Cricket All-Rounders app. I yep, yep, people absolutely. People go there man. and check it out and, and start playing the game because uh, it can be, can be a good life and yeah, a very yeah. lucrative one as well, can't absolutely. it, if you're good at it. It's great to be in the talk sport boot, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice, nice, nice place. Nice, yeah. it's not bad. Nice lovely place, views. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah lovely bad. views. Exactly. Nice. Big up stock, talk sport. Big up yourself, man. Yeah, man. The Jamaican in the building. Universe boss. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Take care. Lovely to see you. Thanks, privilege. guys. Well, privilege. Appreciate Chris it, man. Yeah. Cheers, man. See you at the village cricket today. So there we are. Chris Gale. It was uh, great to meet him. And uh, still to come, as we said, lots more great clips, lots more interviews as well. So we do hope you can stick around with us. But for now, you're listening to Hawksby and Jacob 
shows on TalkSport in partnership with EE. Full fibre broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability. Check coverage at ee.co.uk. Hello, a very Merry Christmas to you all and welcome back to the Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year. We're here for another hour with our favourite clips, some of the best interviews uh, of 2022. We've got Danny Baker and Bob Harris, David Mitchell still to come. But first, yet more clips. And it's the best of the Clips of the Week pewter. These are the old mini discs that the producer dusted down and bought of the best of the archive from back in the day. I think yeah. some going back as far as like 2002. I know, some of the presenters do sound very young. So yeah, they were lying around in the office and uh, during lockdown the producer set to work to bring them back to life. So where should we start, Andy? Well, let's start with Mickey Quinn kicking off another weekend breakfast show. Good morning and welcome to the weekend sports breakfast. I'm Mickey Quinn and I'm sitting next to me. That takes some doing, doesn't it? It's <laughs> it does, quite cosmic really. in his own way. <laughs> Uh, here's uh, Mike Parry alongside Andy Townsend on Mid Mornings back in the day. Very good afternoon. Uh, now, it's, come uh, on. It's about six minutes no, past no, twelve. No, 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 you're not oh, winding God, me I'm up. It's lunchtime, no, I'm just finishing off. No, you are not winding me up. You know it's the height of ignorance to talk to people when you're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, no idea. This is Adam Brazil with his co-host Ronnie Arani on Breakfast talking up the sponsors. The UK's best-selling handsaw, the Quick Grip XP, one-handed bar clamp, plus much, much more. Oh, courtesy of our friends at Selco Builders Warehouse. Yeah, they are really are adult, uh, adult toy shop. I think that's a slightly <laughs> different sort of shop. <clears throat> it's those old little chefs on the A1, I think, Ronnie has been passing. It's brilliant. Uh, also promoting a great product, here's Darren Goff talking books. This little red book is the definitive guide to the greatest football tournament on earth. It contains wild facts, insane stories and surprising statistics that will keep you glued up all summer. <laughs> Fancy being glued up all <laughs> summer. Really, you no. really? It's just stop oil. <laughs> early days. One time phone in host Gary Newborn now taking a call. Let's go to uh, Colin in uh, Collindale. Uh, good evening to you, Colin. You mean Ron? I mean, Ron. I was told it was Colin. So, is it Ron or is it Colin? Ron. It's. Uh, was it? Is it Colin in Rondale? <laughs> I've got no idea. Oh, dear, really, yeah. no, none the wiser. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, it was Colin in Collindale, and I'm sure Gary had that all sorted out when he ended the call. It's not about how much money you spend. It's about performances, displays, and particularly results. Okay, Colin, thanks for that. That was Colin from Collindale. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Ron from Collindale, or it was Colin from Rondale. We haven't worked it out yet. <laughs> Over to Mark Saggers now, who was in South Africa for the 2010 World Cup, alongside European expert Guillaume Balaguet. The trees are wonderful, even though at this time of year, because we're right in the heart of winter, it is cool, Guillaume, at night. You'll need to take your shorts off uh, when All you right. have a wander around. OK, for, that's a bit, <laughs> bit weird, Mark. Just going to get arrested. Uh, let's get the news now, shall we? Wildcat walkouts by firefighters are spreading. They're angry the next phase of their 7% pay rise is being paid in two stages, half on Friday and half in the new year. Protest actions hitting an estimated... Excuse me. OK, uh, Murray Collins here on the sports. I'll just carry on with that uh, while Curtis is having a bit of a cough here. 
bit of a cough. I think what you needed to do was cough. Yeah, Sounds like you're possessed by the devil. <laughs> That's really bad. What's next, Andy? It's Adam Brazil with a quick time check. Twenty-two minutes past six. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost 22 pints past six, that's what it was. 22 punnets, he loves the old uh, strawberries. strawberries. Uh, A caller now to Andy Townsend and Mike Parry. Neil's Mm. in Plymouth. Neil, very good morning to you. Oh, hi, guys. Hi, Neil. Hello, mate. I'm sorry, I was just eating a Twix here. Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for sharing. (laughs) Sticking with Mike Parry now, this time talking history. That was the start, of course, of the um, Polaris Missile Age when there was a plaque. I don't know if you know this, Chris. Have you ever been on a Polaris Missile? Um, just above the firing <laughs> Funnily button. enough, no, I've, no, I've never been shot out of a submarine on no, a sorry, missile. I, I really meant... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, you should try it sometimes, Chris. It's fantastic. Uh, back to Gary Newbon again. Uh, once more, going to the lines. Good evening. Hi, Dave. Hi, Gary. How are you doing? Hi, very well. Yeah, great show, Gary. Great format. Um... Yeah, quite an original format, Great basically. You format. phone up, he takes the calls, <laughs> and you tell him what you think. Never been done before, had it, really? Not really. No. This is overnight presenter Mark Donaldson chatting to a guest in the USA before getting rudely interrupted by a fire alert. That they cannot afford to operate the clubs anymore, and um, uh, that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, he spent... He spent a good portion of last year looking for investors to buy in as a minority investor into the Rangers, uh, but came came up with absolutely nothing on that front. Everybody who was interested wanted uh, wanted Tom Hicks to be, at the very best, a minority partner. Evan, do you do you think that the, the Tom Hicks and, and Randy Lerner coming into to English football means that we might see more Americans in future, or do you think well, what's happened with the financial problems that Tom Hicks is about to have or is having right now may put possible American investors off? Well, you know, I thought when when Hicks went into to Liverpool following the lead of the Glazers and and uh, the other, uh, I, I think the Learners or, or somebody went into uh, Aston Villa at one point. I thought that that was going to become a real trend. Uh, it looked like the uh, the ability to uh, in America to monetize the uh, uh, European European football, I think, was uh, very attractive to a lot of people. But uh, you know, Tom Hicks essentially bought this club. Fire! Fire! <laughs> Um, yeah, if you don't uh, allude to it, boys, it's not happening. We can't hear it either, of course. Won an award, that bit of radio. Excellent, isn't it? Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, back to the callers again now, this time to Ian Collins. But under the under that under the age um, under that age, you yeah. to get money, you would go and do a paper round or yeah. working out. So you knew what the, um, you had to get money. Money. <laughs> I think he was readjusting himself. <laughs> Gents, you know that feeling. Like, oh, money. Um, so what's next? It's Alan Brazil now, looking ahead to what was still to come on The Breakfast Show. 13 minutes past 7 o'clock. Mick Jogger still to come. So Jeff Haas and Hank Potts. We'll get Hank running down the Dutch squad for us. <laughs> it seems <laughs> unlikely. One way of making sure England win, I guess, is run down the Dutch squad. Stand with Alan Brazil, who'd been at the hospitality top table the night before. 12 minutes before 7 o'clock. What a lovely day I had yesterday, mate. I was down at Fontwell. Yep. First time, first visit Fontwell. down there. Beautiful. In the company of Hul Davis, uh, Simon Manure. They're not the sound of Simon, Simon Manure. Manure. Especially at the horse racing. <laughs> Imagine that when you're trying to eat your dinner. It's always welcome at the stable. I'm sure he is. Back to Mark Saggers and Mickey Quinn chatting to boxer James DeGale. 
Well, you've got the best man looking well, after you, of course, uh, in, cool. uh, in France. And you're exciting to watch, James. So when can the public see you back in on the canvas? That's not a great thing to say to a boxer, really. Can't wait to see you on your back on the canvas, James. Marvellous. Here's the corner to overnights with Mike Graham. Double three, double four. Let's see if we can find Pete in Washington, D.C. Hello, Pete. Hello, Mike. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm very... Yeah, I, I'm Pete. Uh, some people might know me by my nickname, Knuckles, but uh, there we go. Yeah, no, we've never heard of you, Pete, <laughs> to be honest, or Knuckles. <laughs> never. <laughs> Didn't sound like Knuckles, did he? like Terry Tickets. He did a bit. It's a very rare clip from Danny Kelly now. David Gill is saying today that the club is not failing, that he's saying that Manchester United is in an incredibly, in an incredibly healthy posi- situation. A situation, that's <laughs> right. It's a position and a situation all in one. This is the late, great Jack Bannister now, our legendary former cricket correspondent. Jonathan Trump, the star, star of the day, I said a tea, it was his day, whatever happened. A brilliant 175 nut out. He wants to go on, and if he could double that, he will. He's a greedy little batsman. Wonder where you were going with that, Jack. Phew, that was close. <laughs> and finally, it's Mike Parry kicking off weekend breakfast. Yes, good morning, it's Saturday. I'm sorry about that extended intro, just a slight bit of reshuffling of the chairs here. Former England prop Jeff Probin will be joining us later in the show to look ahead to the game of the World Cup so far. <laughs> Caught in the toilet. He's on the next floor down. That's my music. Better get on here. So there we are. That was the best of the clips of the week pewter over the past 12 months. Hopefully we can bring you some more in 2023 if the... Uh, Producer's mini-disc player holds out. Still to come, we'll have some more clips from the Lucky Dip selection and breakfast with Laura Woods. But first, here's another of our favourite interviews from 2022, when we love chatting to two brilliant broadcasters, the legendary Danny Baker and the great whispering Bob Harris. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Did you, did you, I mean, obviously you'd be out there doing stuff for Whistle Test, Danny, be out there for NME and and, and beyond. So did you, your paths cross when you were out on the road with, with bands over the years? Not not way back in in the seventies. I'm sort of before Danny's time, mm. <laughs> uh, but obviously <laughs> since the nineties, <90s>, really, <laughs> uh, we were both on a radio station in London called GLR, which I you know absolutely love being there. Yeah. Uh, so Danny and I first got to know one another in the nineties. So we've been friends ever since. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's it's a an extraordinarily these are the sort of things that you know old heads like us and I dare say you gentlemen as well when you're sitting around uh, with the microphones off and you start telling these stories and say oh you know uh, I'll tell you about Mick Jagger I was with Jagger once and you start telling and so now we're in a post rock age I believe or you know uh, the sort of indiscretions don't matter anymore Bob and I got together at this uh, very small festival he's very good to ask me to join him at this. Uh, uh, it was a very small festival uh, tool two and a half years ago now we had uh, you were a bit nervous first bob and you said what are we going to do i said i'll be terrific because i i tour on my own and we just went out there and i hopefully tore the place up and uh, i told i told the story of how i was in led zeppelin for 35 minutes didn't know <laughs> and i was yes. i really yeah. i really 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 was you know none of these things are conjecture it's all true and i had no idea but that robert plant was in the audience and he came to, bob knows robert very well only a little bit and uh he said, I really enjoyed that. You should tour it. 
and and here we are. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely. Can I just cut across and ask Bob something? Because mm. I know Bob used to play football for the Showbiz 11s and all that. Did you ever play cricket, Bob? You strike me as somebody who would have played cricket, did you? I did a little bit. And there, 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 there was a, um, a lovely sort of charity cricket group called the Bumberies, yes. I think they were called. Who was in there? Um, David English. And they had a, an annual charity cricket match at uh, Cranley. I think it was Cranley Hall, mm. uh, presided over by Eric Clapton. Mm. And Eric used oh. to play. And he used to bat against people like John Snow and uh, you know the, some of the great fast bowlers because it was a sort of pro celebrity oh. event. And I always used to be absolutely terrified that you know John Snow would 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 bowl a ball which would get big on him yeah. uh, and would break a <laughs> finger or something. And I was thinking, you know, what would happen to Eric Clapton's career if John Snow broke his fingers? You know? I, I played but, in one uh, of those games, and Bill Wyman fielded at slips. He smoked the whole time. Yeah. He he, when he had a bowl, yes. he would mark out. He would mark his bowler's run up with fag ash. I did quite a few of those, um, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, back in the 80s, particularly the uh, celebrity football ones. Mm. And uh, pros hate it. They hate the celebrities in it. And I remember Martin <laughs> Chivers, you Martin Chivers was on the other side and he kept kicking me right up in the air all the way through it. And, he, you know, welcome to the game, welcome to the game. When you see those ones and the actual footballers uh, are against the so-called celebs, it's a thin field, that's why I was out there. But I never, I ain't going to play no more of these. But I did, I played my very last, I think, competitive football match against the EastEnders in Southwark Park, oh. EastEnders 11, all the camera crew and all of that. And a penalty in the 80th minute I volunteered to take which would have given us an 8-7 victory. And it was the most feeble thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Took it, it was saved. And I walked straight off that pitch there and then into the changing room and sat down and realised, Dan, it's all gone. And I don't know if it's compared. <laughs> Honestly, it my last my last game, people know Pele's last game, they know Gaza's last game. My last game was against the EastEnders. Oh. And I walked off into the sunset. <laughs> I must well, say, well, Danny, I was yeah, remind, reminded of you, um, this story that emerged this week, that Generation Z uh, have, yeah. Gen Z, they have no idea what a jelly deal is. They've never tried oh, it. They're, they're, and I was thinking about the time you were on Fantasy Football and we gave you, you very bravely yeah. ate jelly deals on national television. No, but I, but I didn't very bravely. Bravely. Yeah. Disgusting to me. <laughs> well, they may be, but, you know, I'd say 80% of the world's food until you dig your face in it. But I've always said I would never, you know, and of course, I, I, I eat them by the bowl for, but that's fine because it's more beer for the rest of us. If Gen Z don't want them, more for the rest of us. It might send the price down. You know what's going to happen? Sooner or later, Jamie Oliver's going to discover them and be selling them back to us at 50 quid a bowl. Let's enjoy them while, you know, the, 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 we still can. Uh, pleasure as always. Thanks for joining Thank us, guys. Thank you very much. And you, gentlemen. Thank you very All the best much. To you. More power to you. Cheers. So there we are, mm. Danny and Bob on uh, Fine Form. Lovely to chat to them. More clips to come, more interviews to come uh, here on our Christmas special. You're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport in partnership with EE. Full fibre broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability. Check coverage at ee.co.uk. <laughs> This is the Hawksby and Jacobs Christmas special featuring some of our favourite clips of 2022 and some of our favourite interviews. And let's get straight into some more of those best clips of the year. And this is our favourite clips from TalkSport Breakfast with Laura Woods and Ali McCoyce and their many co-hosts. Andy, first up. Well, we begin with Laura, Gabby Agbon-Lahore and Sam Ellar at the movies. 
On this day, 1995, Braveheart was released. Um, oh, what so, a film. You're, you're having what that? What a film. Yeah. Unbelievable. You've seen it? You've seen it? Braveheart? Yeah. A hundred times. Can you remember the iconic line that he says? No. Fair enough. Probably watched it with the sound down. <laughs> Prefers the visual. <laughs> Whilst we're talking films, this is Gabby Agbonahor acting out a scene from The Godfather. No, really. And you asked me to do murder? For money? I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. That's very good, that. It's your job, by the way. Very Sean Dyche, isn't it? Sean Dyche in The Godfather. He's in danger of taking my, my title as worst actor at TalkSport. <laughs> he probably really, is. Really, honestly. Close. This is the occasional co-host, Neil Warnock, talking Manchester United. The only way they'll turn that round is if they get together. And they look miles apart at the moment. There doesn't look a lot of um, camaraderie. Not the old uh, Everton player, Danny Commander. It's not him, surely. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Also talking Manchester United was Sam Ellard. Headline Come back of the mirror is disunited. David McDonnell says Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Maguire are embroiled in a power struggle. It's easy to become embroiled, isn't it? Oh, who hasn't been? Yeah, we've all been there, getting poked <laughs> in the eye. This is Ray Parler talking about his old gunner's boss. Do you know who's very clever? Arsenal. Um, who I think he can speak six languages. I think you're struggling with one there. He called him Arsenal. He could speak six languages. Of course, Ray isn't the only co-host Laura has on breakfast. There's also that former Rangers and Scotland striker. What's his name again? What's his name, yeah. Hello and welcome to the show. It's 7.55 and it's TalkSport Breakfast. Hello, good morning. Are you having a great Tuesday morning? It's Laura yes, Wood and are. Annie Moist. Ali Moist, that's it, good old, Ali Moist. Good old uh, never dry <laughs> Ali Moist. And the thing is with uh, Ali McCoist, if you work with Alan Brazil for long enough, this will happen in the end. I've got to say, Cash, honest to goodness, I don't think he covers himself in glory getting back to him because he's tight when Lukeman turns and plays it yep. down the wine. Plays it down the wine. It's only a matter of time before you get your words wrong and they're alcohol-related. <laughs> True. Laura now introducing her guest, the superstar DJ Paul Oakenfold. Okay, so he's been voted the best trance DJ, received three Granny Grammy nominations. Well, his granny was always going to vote for him, wasn't she? she Old was. Granny Oakenfold. She'd be putting in multi, uh, multiple votes, wouldn't she? Uh, this is Dean Saunders alongside Laura, and you just know what's coming. Anybody out there know a cure for hiccups quickly because Laura's got it and it's not ideal for a radio presenter. If you could send them in, that would be great. Now, the WBO interim champion who joined the boys on drive in the studio yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You knew it was coming, you were just waiting for it. This is Laura chatting to Eddie Hearn. Chris Eubank, maybe, will be there. We expect him to pop up at the O2, but, you know, this this runs deep. Yeah, Um, Eddie, the elephant in the room, of course... Eddie the Elephant. I always thought it was Nelly the Elephant. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Eddie the Elephant. Back to Ali McCoy, to going a touch of Little Britain. They'll dig up the guy that's on 200 grand a week because they'll feel that money could be better spent. Of course, but he was on a free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, it was a little bit Little Britain, wasn't it? He was talking about Lingard, wasn't he? You said you didn't like Lingard, Ali. You said he should have gone to West Ham. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. This is a good recovery now from Gabby Agbon Lahore. Get to the hotel before the game, have your pre-match normal time. What would you have? 
Um, we always had the same thing as players. It was always a little bit of spaghetti, bol spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Not the first one. Staying with food. Here's Laura talking about what food she put on at the Masters Champions dinner. Gabby, I said that if I were doing the meal, yeah. the, the meal of champions, I said I'd do fish and chips, but not with buttered ch um, fish. I'd do it with battered oh, sausage. But Oh, okay. It's so not really fish and chips, then, is it? Sausage and chips. Sausage and chips is what, what you're looking for. <laughs> this is Ray Parler, and he does struggle with the former Southampton manager's name. I think Southampton could certainly maybe be in a relegation battle this year. Usain Huntel will be uh, hoping that they can get off to a decent start. Yeah, who? <laughs> Somebody said <laughs> he does <laughs> To be fair to Ray, he's not the only talk sport presenter who was probably pleased to see the back of the Austrian. Usen Huntel. Usen Hassel. Hassel Hoover. Usel Hunter. Hassel Hurtle. Ralph Hassel Hutel. Ralph Husen Hutel. It really was. Yeah, I hope he never comes back to the Premier League. <laughs> uh, this is Ali McCoist. It's just coming up five past eight. Um, we're joined or we're helped or we're supported. We're sponsored by ArnoldClark.com. We're doing all of these things with duty ArnoldClark.com. ArnoldClark. You wouldn't like that old Arnold Clark. Uh, this is Laura introducing a guest. OK, let's get more on this then. The Daily Mail's Northern Football writer, Dom King, is on the line. Good morning, Dim. Tim, <laughs> bit harsh. <laughs> and this is Laura talking transfers. The lads have both had their say this morning about Raheem Sterling moving to Chelsea, which seems like a good move for him. Um, is there any surprise from you for Manchester City if the deal do does go ahead? <laughs> well, they do talk about add-ons, but I think that might be pushing it a little bit. <laughs> Sam Ellard now, and it was all going so well. I had the pleasure of speaking with a proper Liverpool legend. Five league titles he won, three FA Cups, five league cups, uh, two European Cups, 346 wow. goals he scored for Liverpool. That's a lot of goals, isn't it, Darren wow. Ben? I've been speaking with Ian Rash. Oh, well done. <laughs> it was all going. So well, beautiful build up for Ian Rash. Beautiful. And finally, Andy. It was great to bring in Paul Hardcastle as the new producer of The Breakfast Show this year. Here's Laura introducing a guest on his first day. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes is now on the line to speak to us. Good morning, Emma. How are you? Emma. Good morning, guys. How are you? We've got a little bit of an echo. Um, Emma, first of all, congratulations. An, an amazing season that you had. A brilliant rivalry going on with Arsenal. Some amazing players and performances there too. How are you feeling? You feeling? You feeling? You feeling? Beautiful stuff. Good old Paul. <laughs> Anyway, that was the best of The Breakfast Show with Laura Woods and her various co-hosts on this Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year special. Still more to come, but uh, let's have another look back on one of our favourite interviews of the year. And it was a joy to talk to Peep Show and Upstart Crow's very own David Mitchell. Upstart Crow uh, returns uh, to the West End uh, after, uh, and yes, well, I think we've all had a break, haven't we, really, yes. for obvious reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. It was going great guns in the West End, uh, but it is back after... Yes, that's like impasse. Joining us now, uh, the star of the show, uh, David Mitchell. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. Hello. As Ben Elton has I... said, it interrupted by a plague, effectively, yeah. wasn't it? The run <laughs> yeah, in the yes. West End. Yeah, very appropriate to the theme of the show and the era, but um, but that didn't help us. <laughs> Our producer saw this before the pandemic, David, and he absolutely loved it. So uh, you've got a very rave review from him. 
Oh, lovely. Well, that's nice. We were just having such a great time doing it. And I'd worried so much about doing a West End show and, you know, whether it would be it would flop or be grueling or I, my knee wouldn't cope or the, all that kind of thing. And none of those things went wrong. And then a massive thing went wrong that I'd never predicted in a million years. So uh, it's brilliant to be back doing it. And uh, I can't wait. My knee couldn't cope, sounding remarkably like a sports injury, but we will come back to that <laughs> a little bit later on. Yeah, should be fit for the weekend. Um, <laughs> yes, it's, so, I mean, I'm sure people are aware of Upstart Crow. They would have seen it on TV. If they haven't, um, tell us a bit more about it. Well, it's, it's, um, it's based on, the, there was a TV sitcom, and this is a play in the same world. It's about William Shakespeare. And that's what William Shakespeare, in the only review of his work published in his lifetime, he was referred to as an upstart crow. Mm. So basically, he got a bad review. Uh, and uh, and it's, it's Shakespeare as a, a, a comic character, as a put-upon, aspirant, uh, sort of arrogant yet self-loathing figure, the figure of sitcom, the figure of uh, a stage play. And uh, it's written by Ben Elton, and I, you know, who's brilliant, and I think it's some of his best writing. And... Um, and, uh, you know, it was we, it was a, a show I was so proud of. And then we just suddenly had to stop. And well, we just want in every way to put it back like it was and uh, and drill it and give everyone a really, uh, you know, a really laugh filled night in the theatre. How does it differ from the TV show? Um, I have to talk louder. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's about it, really. uh, uh, that and it's longer um, mm. uh, oh, but there is a gap in the middle to drink alcohol yeah, well, that's uh, so, so so that's uh, you know the, but it's it's um in, in a way that because when it was a as a tv sitcom it was a it's a studio sitcom with audience laughter so it's the most theatrical form of television uh and that really worked very well obviously with the Shakespearean theme and so it, it lent itself incredibly easily to the stage because it, it's it's in a way it's written to be proclaimed and there are these great jokes throughout and they're there to be said and said loudly in front of people uh it's you know it's not it's not realism it's it's heightened uh and it's it's fun and it's wordy uh so it's sort of perfect for the theatre I saw one of the reviews, it says something like, just like Shakespeare, only actually funny, which, uh, which may be a touch harsh, but you do sometimes see you kind of these witty exchanges you get in the odd Shakespeare, and you think, yeah, I wouldn't open with it. So, Well, <laughs> well I, yeah, I, I mean, Shakespeare, I, I, I could not admire the man more. He was the greatest <laughs> artist of all time. But unfortunately, comedy dates. Yeah. And I'm bitterly aware of it as a comedian. I'm sure all those witty exchanges were absolute zingers in mm. their day. Mm. And it's in a way, it's an amazing achievement that any of his jokes have come through. But unfortunately, tragedy and drama last longer than comedy. Comedy has to be kept in the fridge. I always loved his commuting problems and kind of nod to Reginald Perrin, you know, the reasons why he was late. <laughs> they were very funny. Well, it was. I always used to laugh particularly at that because in Shakespeare's day, he did all his work in London, but his family were in uh, Stratford, and that was a, basically a two- or three-day gruelling journey. And when we were making the sitcom, Ben Elton lived and his family were in Australia, and we made the show in London. It was basically a two- or three-day gruelling journey. So I felt a lot of Ben's frustration with travel uh, was projected onto William Shakespeare in those bits. Uh, I, I'm, you mentioned the knee earlier on, and our producer held up a piece of paper to me just now who's seen the show who said, there is a lot of dancing in it. Maybe that, is that why you thought it was the, you know, the knee would struggle to hold out? 
there was a there's a dance at the end. Mm. A, the two things that worried me about my knee, I was warned about it by other actors. Well, a there's a dance at the end, and b the show is on a rake, you know, a slight slope. Oh. And actors, in the way they are, said, "Oh, that could be murder. You've got to be very careful working on a rake for weeks and weeks and weeks. You've got to warm up carefully." And I don't really know how to warm up. <laughs> so I, I was worried about that. And I've got, you know, I've had a dodgy back for years and I thought, oh, this is going to be awful. Um, but uh, but actually it was fine. I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I kept fidgeting about and that seemed to, to keep everything, uh, you know, loosened. Now, um, you're not a big sports fan, David, I think it's fair to say, but here we are on Talk Sport. But you did give us uh, on uh, Mitchell and Webb. Possibly the greatest trailer of all time. Our trails department here at Talk Sport still use it, I think, as inspiration. <laughs> We're going to play... Uh, people haven't heard it. I think they, they, they probably have heard it in their own way. But anyway, this is a reminder of uh, the Mitchell & Webb football trailer. All the football, all the time. Catch all of the constantly happening football here. It's all here and it's all football always. Impossible to keep track of all the football, but your best chance is here. Thousands and thousands of hours of football, each more climactic than the last. Constant, dizzying, 24-hour, year-long, endless football. Every kick of it massively mattering to someone, presumably. Watch it all, all here, all the time, forever. It will never stop. The football is officially going on forever. It will never be finally decided who has won the football. There is still everything to play for and forever to play it in. So that's the football. Coming up, watch it, watch the football. <laughs> now, as somebody probably doesn't watch a great deal of football or um, Sky Sports or BT or listen to sports radio, you probably don't realise just how incredibly accurate that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's to be honest, that was how how football trailers felt to me. Yeah. It felt like it's just it's just constant and yet uh, trying to create a sense of climax. And you can't have a sense of climax in something that is never ending. Um, so that... <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's one of the memorable, I, I'm sure people do um, uh, recall it when they see you now and again, don't they? Those that love this it, sport. I, it's, 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 it's one of those sketches that people who don't like football laugh at it and people who like football laugh at it. Yeah. So that's, it's worked on that in, in that good, sense. Good to uh, speak to you, David. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. There we are. Great to chat to uh, David Mitchell. We've got some more Lucky Dip clips, some more interviews for you. And you are listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on Talk Sport in partnership with EE Full Fibre Broadband on this Christmas special. It's Full Fibre Broadband that can handle anything. Limited availability. Check coverage at ee.co.uk. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Christmas special, the clips of the year, the best of 2022 and some of our favourite interviews. And it's time for another of those lucky dip selection boxes. Remember the selection box? I don't do those for Christmas anymore. They still mm, do yes, those. I think they still Back do, yeah. Day. I remember getting a chocolate smokers set. I doubt they sell those anymore. <laughs> I don't think they do. Just sit there watching Morecambe and Wise with a pipe on. Not, obviously not a real one, a chocolate one. <laughs> uh, featuring the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters in 2022. Where should we start, Andy? Let's begin with Sam Matterface, very kindly trailing our show. You are listening to TalkSport, Sam Matterface, Danny Murphy and Alex Crook after us from 1 o'clock, Hawksby and Japers. Oh, yeah, Andy well, Japers, as he's known. Me. Andy Japers, Jacobs. <laughs> Such a joker. Here's Nick Ellaby with the headlines. Good morning. Coming up, next week's rail strikes will go ahead and Rory McIlroy couldn't be happier. 
Really? No need for that. <laughs> Probably drives everywhere. It's all right for Rory, isn't it? Cheers, mate. This is Stuart Armour on Early Breakfast, giving a mention to a caller. Well, playing against Jake and George today, we have Jordan, the Spurs fan. He is an avocado driver. How'd you do that? <laughs> avocado That's driver. a mad children's story. <laughs> drive an avocado. Here's Shabana Hearn on Weekend Breakfast with Tony Cascarino. But it is, it's teams like this that I think we're going to see more of a, a real competition between the both yeah. sides, you know? Yeah. Chopin, look. <laughs> Beautiful. Chopin at home. <laughs> now, us presenters are always looking to keep the sponsors happy here at TalkSport. None more so than Jamie O'Hara, as he illustrates here. Let's go to Jordan, the Bournemouth fan. Jordan. Jordan? Jordan? Jordan. 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 Is he there? He's there. Hello? Try again. Jordan. No, Jordan, we'll have to come back to you. Uh, that was a look at some of the main topics of the day. All thanks to Bet for 18 plus BigGambleware.org. Yeah, great feature that, wasn't it? I'm sure, sure Betfair were delighted with that feature. It's exactly what they had in mind in that marketing meeting when they launched it. This is Dean Saunders chatting about the Spurs manager. Even listening to him last week when he was talking about VAR Conte, he was saying, like, I, I, I understand referee make a decision, but I don't understand when they look at the monitor. What is this? Mind your language. <laughs> hello, hello. That was uncanny, wasn't it? I thought Conte was in the room. Here's newsreader Cara Bentley, and sometimes people do get caught up in their own industry. Bernie Eccleston has been asked if he stands by comments he made yesterday in which he said he would take a bulletin for Vladimir Putin. She's so news, isn't she? <laughs> Very so news. news. <laughs> Back to Sam Matterface, introducing a top guest. Let's uh, check in with a Brazilian international, a World Cup winner, an Arsenal invincible, a Premier League legend. It is Gilberto Silva who joins us on the line now. Uh, very good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, great to see you and great to hear you. Yeah, we can't really hear you. We definitely can't see you. Good old Gilberto, a man of few words. And staying with Sam, uh, the great guest kept coming. He wants to fight Alexander Rusik or Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. Let's ask him mm. who he would like to fight the most. Joe Joyce joins us live on Talk Sport Night. Hi, Joyce. Uh, Joe? Joyce. I wouldn't call him Joyce. He's massive. Dear me. Perry Groves now talking tactics. I thought tactically Brighton had it spot on because when they play like a like a, a three one three one two. It's a good system. <laughs> I think you probably get a red card for it. Manager may get in trouble, but it's a good system. Over to Darren Bent talking Manchester United. Manchester United arguably the biggest team in the world mm. all eyes are on Manchester United every little mistake gets kind of magnetised good word that isn't it it is a good word if it existed <laughs> it doesn't exist maybe you've all. introduced it for us <laughs> here's Paul Ross on extra time reflecting on a big win for Manchester City in the Champions League now we've also got the prospect of a, a second leg which is you know without being disrespectful to Sporting Lisbon I don't think they're called that. I don't think they're. I don't think that's their name, Paul. Unfortunately, uh, the moose now sounding very odd on breakfast. You know, this, this guy deserves to start in the Premier League. Um, I, I know sometimes all managers like to bed their players in, have a good look at them, and but you know, I think we've seen enough now of this guy to know that he's going to score goals. 
Stung on the tongue by a beaver, I guessing. So. He just sound rather strange here, didn't he? <laughs> very strange. So Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is legendary cricket commentator David Bumble Lloyd talking about the food at Old Trafford. He was saying that it's got to be this wooden box, a wooden knife and fork. It's got to be eco-friendly or something. But the, but the chicken won. As soon as you put your fork and knife in it, Sorry, your fork and knife. Put your fork and knife in it. Yeah, it's not getting any better. That's why we say knife and fork. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have corrected myself, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> uh, here's our man in Manchester, Mickey Gray, talking about ex-Sunderland boss Alex Neal. He wanted him more in charge of the recruitment side of things, of what players he wanted to bring into the club. I'm not too sure he had that um, authority at Sunderland. And uh, he's obviously gone to postures new. Postures. Loves his yoga. Postures. Loves his yoga. Of course, postures new. <laughs> this is newsreader Anna Bates with bad news for the people of Dudley. The aliens have arrived. Yeah. She's concluded the police investigation means she can't provide a meaningful report at this stage. These people at a pub in Dudley have been reacting. <laughs> Get out of Dudley while you can. The aliens have arrived. Faker others now are on the Sunday session. Okay, we'll have fun with this. Uh, give us a call. Uh, don't give us a call. Well, you can give us a call. Oh, three seven one seven double two double three. If you really want to. Come on, don't give us a call. Or give us a call. It's completely up to you. Exactly. Uh, one last one from Sam Matterface, live from Moe's Tavern. Why on earth does it always take you to the second half to get? Underway, 03717 is the number to call. This is Mike Cock who says... I don't think it was. I think Bart's got you again. Uh, here's Weekend Breakfast, Tony Cascarino, and you'd never know he used to play in France. I've always felt that West Ham won't quite have enough. Um, they've done incredibly well. Look, not so long ago, David Moyes was fighting... David Moyes, David yes. Moyes. Uh, David Moyes, as Tony likes to call him. This is Dean Saunders and Jamie O'Hara talking healthy eating. You need spices on it and it's bland. You don't <laughs> want to eat salmon that's bland. Him and Laura were talking about. Yeah, you got to love Gabs. Some cook was on there. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you who it was. Who's the fitness? Bo Wicks. Oh, yeah, good old Bo Wicks. Bo Wicks. And Joe Diddley was one of his favourite uh, actors. Bo Wicks. That's it. And just before the news became Reeves earlier this year, we were treated to an unintentional mashup of Dizzy Rascal and the Talksport Music Newsbed. On 1089 and 1053, medium wave on DAB, online and on your smart speaker. Talksport, powered by fans. With your news and sport, I'm Kane Reeves. <laughs> Text me now. He did well to carry on there. Yeah. And finally, it's European football expert Pete Staunton. And something makes us think Pete does a bit of horse racing commentary in his spare time. They needed Mbappe to do last night what, he does, what he's been doing for PSG all season, which is mask a pretty poor overall performance with a bit of individual quality to get them out of jail. And that's exactly what he did. And he's going to go on a well-deserved holiday very soon, Mbappe, and then become a very, very wealthy man when his new contract kicks okay. in for PSG next season. <laughs> he, did seem to, he did seem to increase the pace, like almost like he was a racing commentator. Let's hear it again. 
they needed Mbappe to do last night when he does what he's been doing for PSG all season, which is mask a pretty poor overall performance with a bit of individual quality to get them out of jail. And that's exactly what he did. And he's going to go on a well-deserved holiday very soon, Mbappe, and then become a very, very wealthy man with a new contract kicks into PSG next season. <laughs> He'd make a great racing commentator. <laughs> would, yeah. Well, there we are. We're almost done here, but there's just time to bring you the last of our moments of 2022. And of course, there's been a World Cup recently, you may have noticed. And due to the timing of the kickoffs of the games and our excellent live wall-to-wall coverage of all the matches, myself and Andy weren't on the radio much. So instead, we documented every minute of the first half of the tournament in our daily podcast, Back Home. This is how it sounded. Well, I, I've, got, I've got in the mood. I've turned the heating up. I've, I've endured a no-alcohol policy at the pub on Sunday lunch to get me nice. in the mood. I've got a poster yeah. of Keys and Grey up on the wall. Yeah, really? Oh, <laughs> you've really embraced it, haven't you? Keezy, though, this morning, he did make me laugh. His classic tweet, he said, After a 12-year wait, much heartache, I was wondering who for, often scandalous criticism. Well, not really. The World Cup starts today, he said. We have the most diverse set of pundits working at BN Sports, John Terry and Gary Neville. Yeah, I think maybe he was playing the long game, Richard, there, about the diverse pundits over the course of the World Cup. They went quite route one today, of course. I thought Gammon was banned in Doha. (laughs) Hey, there we are. It wasn't a stunner, was it, really? It was, uh, I mean, they, they rarely are. Uh, yeah. Opening games, they're always too cagey. When the, when the fans start emptying out, I did start seeing, is this a Qatari library? And all that. <laughs> I mean, I imagine the penalty for not bringing your books back would be slightly more severe than 20p a day. Definitely. It was quite fitting that they got um, Dion Dublin to do the commentary because Qatar were pretty much under the hammer for 90 minutes. They, really? they were. Just stairs all the way up to the bedroom. Very true. I shall have to have a word with Brian Swanson, FIFA's Director of Media Relations. Do you remember oh, yeah, formerly of Sky. Yes. He no. says, just because Gianni Infantino is not gay does not mean he doesn't care. Well, he was yesterday. Let's not... I mean, oh, yeah, he was. And when he oh, did his speech. thing, when he said, today I have strong feelings, today... I'm Arab, today I feel African, today I feel gay, today I feel disabled, today I feel like a migrant worker. And I just, it was a couple of things that I thought he was going to say, but most of all, I feel pretty. Pretty. Oh, so pretty. pretty. <laughs> I thought he was doing West Side Story. He then said, I feel like a woman. I thought he was Shania Twain. Good night, Matthew. <laughs> Half time. I mean, Mark Pugas is a very nice man and everything, but I always think he's a bit of a rugby man. Really? really? I don't find him. He doesn't you're, you're sit waiting for him to say, well, really, what a 45 minutes of footer. You're expecting him to say <laughs> Something that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but what can yeah. you do? And they, Wales are struggling at the breakdown. France Australia is the final game tomorrow. Yeah, that would be better if it was rugby, really. That one. <laughs> be it would be. We'll get Pugas back in there. Four <laughs> 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 oh, live games starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, only just finished. So, uh, how'd you get on? Well, today I watched 30, the first half hour of Argentina and I thought, they're in charge here, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I thought, you know, basically Saudi Arabia should have sent Newcastle. It was their only chance. And then uh, I had to go out and I was on my way to uh, Squires Garden Centre in Twickenham. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, lovely. And, uh, yes. What are you after? Just to fill us in, what were you looking to buy? <laughs> then I didn't bother with, um, what was the next one? Denmark, Tunisia, Tunisia. Denmark, yeah. Yeah, I didn't bother <laughs> I with didn't that I didn't bother all. with that. <laughs> it didn't okay. even look at the score. It was nil-nil, wasn't it? It then, was nil-nil, yeah. Then the, I watched the second half of Mexico. Yeah. I was glad I hadn't really watched the first half. And then I watched France against Australia. Good good news for Puga. Uh, Puga. Who's Puga? <laughs> Pugetch. Puga. 
Pugas, as I like to call him. <laughs> he's, just, he's just making noises. What's Mark Pugach from yeah, that's um, the boy, yeah. from ITV. ITV. We were saying that he does prefer the rugby. And there well, was no, a you were saying. I just point <laughs> out, you were saying last night. You think he, he, he does strike you as more of a rugger man. Well, uh, that's I mean, really. You, you've got no evidence. For that. <laughs> no, I have. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it strikes me that uh, when he's when Jonathan Pierce said uh, Matt Ryan has just kicked for yardage, I thought, oh, you love that. That's he would have loved that. He would have. <laughs> he would have very much loved that. I've been following B in Sports lineup after Keezy's proud boast. It's the most diverse lineup in the tournament. Yeah, and uh, following uh, John Terry and Gary Neville uh, today, they had Peter Schmeichel and Ronald DePoor. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get more diverse, does it? <laughs> it does. I don't know um, anyone can watch four games a day. <laughs> I did manage it today. I oh, did. No, I, went, I, did. Did, I did the four. I did well. I mean, I've, I've managed most days to be honest. They're on. Heard. And I know we're going to be talking about them. So Honestly, I, I, when Brazil went 2-0 up, I was so bored. I watched highlights of the third day of the Ashes Test from 1978. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the president of Costa Rica has said he hopes to see his team, Costa Rica, win the World Cup before he dies. Well, good luck Great. with that one, mate. I don't know how old he is at the moment. Yeah, I hope he's 11. I, um, I've come up with a solution for Pugas. Mark oh, Pugach. yes. Mark Pugach, yeah. I think he should link the whole thing from Twickenham. Like just him in the stadium. <laughs> Everybody else in is own. in Qatar. He's just on his own now. I think it works. I noticed he's wearing striped sort of rugby shirt socks today. They were quite, they had a I kind think, of. So you're now looking for stuff. <laughs> I am. You're looking, I'm looking for, for rugby links. There, really, aren't you? <laughs> no, you are probably. definitely doing a little bit of that. <laughs> Great. Peter Walton, that's why I heard him for the first time today. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Who at ITV heard him on? BT and thought, I know who we need. Yeah. <laughs> For goodness sake. I know what he was explaining a point. I, honestly, yeah. I, this has never happened in my house before, but the oxygen mask fell out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and I just pulled it down and got honestly. <laughs> There was no atmosphere at all. I just, <laughs> just pulled it down slightly and put it on one of the kids. At one point, Joe Cole um was talking through an incident and he either called Mark Pugach Pugas or Poogs. <laughs> Now, I don't know what his nickname is. Maybe we, 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 I think we know Mark well enough to maybe get a message into him. But is he known as Poogs or Poogers? And if so, what does he prefer? I call him Poogers. And I've got some breaking news. He's flying back to England, actually, to lead the campaign against Eddie Jones. <laughs> I think he is. Oliver Harvey in the Sun. He, he transcribed the England chart. I don't know what it is about chants when you transcribe them. But I'll read it out exactly as it, it goes. And yeah. I don't know this song, but you'll be able to tell it. This is the England song during the game on Monday. Hmm. Uh, they bellowed, one, two, three, four, whoa, England are drinking in Doha, whoa, drinking Coca-Cola, whoa, England's going on the way. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Was it like that? I can't imagine. It well, was... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure they sang it like that in quite a tuneless way. I mean, that, that really did take some doing, but uh, well, they won't be singing it again based on that if it's sung back to them. <laughs> Have you seen Neymar's ankle? Have you yes. seen the state of it? Oh, it's Big bad. ballooned it? up. And it's the only time Neymar's going to have the same ankles as your nan. The only time it's ever going to When you go around your nan's house, you say, hello, nan, how are you? Yeah. Oh, hello, love. Oh, my ankle. Oh, my, oh, my ankle. Look at my ankles, like balloons. They've all swollen up. It's, it's, war, it's all water, the doctor says. Yeah. Giving me some tablets. The only time you'll look down at Neymar's legs and, and you'll be reminded of your old nan. I hope he's wearing a pair of those big slippers. Two brilliant games to, to kick off the 10 o'clock and one o'clock. But in both cases, you gave them up as dead losses when one team went ahead. 
I get well, it doesn't take because I hate it so much that it doesn't take much for me to give it up. I was so bored with all this football because it's just not doing it for me at all. Chesney Hawks has been all over the place, basically uh, claiming that his uh, chat at half song at halftime turned yeah. the game around. But apparently, Gianni Infantino was very impressed with Chesney. He said, "Today I am." The one and only. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, so you would have done. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Chesney went a bit for now for now at one point. He was talking about meeting um, Declan Rice because he's a West Ham fan. He was very excited. And he said it was a weird and wonderful feeling when Jude Bellingham gave me a hand slap near the team tunnel. <laughs> have you ever had a hand slap near the team tunnel, Andy? Or are you prepared to tell the, tell the boys and girls today? The son of really, honestly, the way they sort of get hold of the something like the one and only oh yes yeah. yesterday tyson fury an england super mascot england super mascot has he suddenly that chesney hawks yeah belted out a rousing jerk of the one and only yesterday the hard-hitting wonder and the one hit wonder nice sang together in the sun's newsroom of course they did in yeah. a major boost for gareth's team it's not a boost at all they wouldn't know about it and couldn't care less <laughs> Well, the other thing, the thing they've been doing today, I don't know if you've seen it, is that they say England's lucky charm, Chesney Hawks, is in a race uh, to get to the World Cup round of 16 match uh, against Senegal today. He had but 19 hours, they said. He only, he only had 19 hours to get to Qatar from Butlins in Skegness, where he was right. playing last night. So they're painting him like some he sort of... walk there in that time. Like some Poundland Phil Collins at Live Aid. Yeah. <laughs> he only had 19 hours. To he's got, to, will he make it? Well, he almost certainly will, yeah. He's got carried away himself. He said this yesterday. It was great. He said, the boys need me, he said. <laughs> Oh, look, they really don't. Ishmael uh, Jacobs was playing. I noticed. At left back for Senegal. Yeah. And uh, John McMahon kept hearing him say Jacobs, and he was thinking, kept thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. He got in touch, talk sport listener. Did but, uh, it was quite interesting. Have you heard in commentary, Ishmael Jacobs said yesterday that he was getting bored with four games a day. <laughs> and he went shopping during uh, Cameroon, Serbia. Yesterday. He went to Squire's garden centre in oh. Qatar. Pugas, though, he didn't like the Brazilian dancing at all. He prefers the hacker, of course. You've got everybody at it. Paul Kramer tweeted in the uh, first half of the game, looks like Brazil have decided to run up a rugby score to please Mark Pugac. <laughs> I'm going to miss... Graham Arnold, uh, adding to my Australian impressions that I only do a bit like you when I say the name of the person. So, yeah, Eddie Jones. Yeah, Eddie Jones. And you go, yeah, Graham Arnold. It's just, you have to be quite angry. Even if, I mean, it strikes you as one of those men who speaks like that all the time. Like when he met his missus and he's like, will you marry me? I just, it's, it's just somebody is, is, uh, it's very, very aggressive in everything he says. But he's done a brilliant job with that team. Messy, I mean. He does that thing. He makes you make noises. Yeah. They're involuntary. <laughs> so give us some of the noises you made then while Messi was uh, playing. I've written down. I can't really replicate it. But oh, oh. <laughs> you know, sort of like, oh, okay. Not really, just... I don't like the faces you're making currently <laughs> as you do that. I'm slightly, slightly troubled. You've, you've opened a portal on your life. I, I did write really down. I can't open. even. I tried to replicate it. I thought, no, I can't replicate it. It just happens. Yeah. Well, there we are. That was the World Cup as it unfolded through our eyes. And that is just about it. The best of the clips and the best of our favourite interviews and moments of 2022. We will be back with you in uh, the new year, the start of the new year, between uh, one and four as always. 
Do hope you'll be able to join us then. But for now, we hope you and yours, as they say, have a fantastic Christmas and a fantastic new year. And we will catch up with you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 